This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by the Creekville Casino. Creekville Casino, now featuring a stage show by Stan and Livingstone, performing their delightful Tika Tika Walk. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And I'm Amanda. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's fine dining week on Pod Cemetery, I suppose. Or cannibal week. Yeah, with 1991's Delicatessen and 2022's Fresh. It's also a guest episode. We have Amanda with us. Ooh, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention that last week. <laughs> that Amanda was going to be on the show, too. Why is Amanda here? Amanda is the reason I was able to see Fresh long before it came out. Yes, it was a preview screening offer. Uh, we saw it, we both can't really recall when, just that it was... Sometime? A long time ago? 2020 <laughs> Oh, sometime? for sure, 2020. I think it might have been, yeah, 2020. Yeah. Maybe 2021. Who who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really it was really good. We got to see it in cinemas, which definitely added some excitement to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, but good time. I was not able to go. Yeah, so Chris missed it, and both Amanda and I knew that he was gonna love it. So we came home. And we were like, "Oh my god, you have to see this movie!" and It took a long time for it to come out, but it finally did, and we are now able to talk about it for the show. And we paired it up pretty nicely. Good job, Kelsey, with 1991's Delicatessen, our first movie. So let's get right into it. Delicatessen was written by Jean-Pierre Genet and Marc Caro and Giles Adrian, and directed by Marc Caro and Jean-Pierre Genet, starring Marie Leray Donyac, Dominique Pinon, Jean-Claude Dreyfus and Karen Viard. No clue if I'm pronouncing any of those names correctly. You just try to noises and then maybe you get French. I don't know. I'm sorry. French is very difficult to pronounce. Jean-Pierre Genet might be a name that you recognize. He directed Amelie, A Very Long Engagement, and City of Lost Children, which are all movies that I'm a real big fan of at the very least. He did, of course, also make... Alien Resurrection. <laughs> really? Which we haven't covered on the show yet. It's the next Alien movie Most, that we're going to do. It's the last original of the of the original four. Gotcha. And, and every, and most people hate it. It's the worst. It is yeah. the worst. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> oh, you've seen it. I've okay. seen all of the Aliens. <laughs> you also know this is a Genet movie because Dominique Pinon is in it. Yeah, and he's he in most in of his movies. All those movies. <laughs> and... I, I would call th- would you call this a horror movie? I would say how you categorize when we saw Fresh would perfectly suffice this one as a dark comedy. Yes. Well, with well, you know, like I said, comedy is a bit 
There's no. violence, there's, there's murder, there's terror, but it all has a sort of whimsical tone Exactly. To it. There's a yeah. lot of levity, especially with like the musical elements that uh-huh. are intertwined with it all. So definitely kind of like a dark, humorous film. There's a lot about this movie that because we watched Fresh first because they wouldn't tell me what the other movie was going to be because it would ruin it. And it definitely would have. <laughs> so sorry for all of you guys. But there's a lot of overlap. And Fresh is a little musical, but in a different way. <laughs> and this is very much musical. For sure. What is Delicatessen about, Amanda? Well, there is an apartment building filled with tenants And there is a primary butcher who supplies meat, shall we say, to these tenants during hard times, which are kind of elusive. You don't know what kind of hard times they're experiencing, but food is scarce. Mm -hmm. And the butcher comes up with creative ways to find this meat. Yeah. And (laughs) our hero... Louison shows up and gets odd jobs in the apartment complex, but he might also be on the butcher's shopping list. Mm-hmm. He's on the menu. Sure. <laughs> he's supposed to be, but for some reason, he's taking a long time to take kill this one. Yeah, uh-huh. The movie is available with a subscription to Criterion. You can rent it for $4 on Apple, Amazon, YouTube, Vudu, and AMC On Demand, or you can just buy it for 8 bucks on those same services. Before I ask should people see this movie, I will say just a big ol' honking content warning for suicide. There is a lot of, like, levity surrounding suicide in this movie. So if that's going to bother you, we'll see you on the other side. You can watch Fresh with us. With that in mind, assuming people are okay going forward, should people watch Delicatessen, Amanda? Oh, definitely. I was very impressed with this movie. Like I said, the era, even though it was, what, filmed in 1991? 91, yeah. You don't really know the era that you're in. It can go both historical or futuristic. Yeah. But I very much, the the acting was very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it being in French did not deter me from enjoying it. I loved the hysterical elements. Chris, you mentioned the suicide. In particular, I found those scenes to be the most... (laughs) funny uh-huh. in a sort of like film. tragic comic in such a way. tragic yeah. way yeah but but yeah I, the main character uh louis song was very was very lovable you know it intertwined a little bit of a of a romance in there and uh-huh. i i really enjoyed it a overall. romance in unique circumstances oh, just like in our second movie. exactly yeah. <laughs> i should say that this movie was sort of I guess, brought to English-speaking audiences by Terry Gilliam, who is not only the American member of Monty Python, but he's also a film director uh, in his own right, who famously directed Brazil, amongst other things. So it has a very sort of Brazil feel to it, where it is sort of, where are we? When are we? What are the circumstances? Is this a dystopia? I mean, I guess it is. Like, it 
it has that weird sort of vibe to it throughout. If you've seen other Genet movies like City of Lost Children, it's like very similar to that. Yes, if you've seen City of Lost Children and you liked it, then you know exactly what you're in for. But if you've already seen that, then you've probably seen this. So This is before City of Lost Children, even though they wanted to do City of Lost Children first, but they couldn't afford to do it. So they did Delicatessen, which was on a like really, really minuscule budget. I think you should definitely see it, which is why I'm the one who chose it to match with Fresh. I remember this. I I saw this like 10, 15 years ago, and I remembered thinking what a weird, fun, bizarre movie. And so I'm really glad that we got to watch it for the show. Oh, for sure. And like you said, such a perfect pairing between the two. I kind of – it's weird. I saw all four of those Genet movies that I mentioned. Obviously, he's done more movies. I saw all of them independent of each other. And I kind of, I think I knew Delicatessen and City of Lost Children were the same director, but I did not know he was the director of Amelie. I did not know he did a very long engagement. Well, Amelie is in the vein of Delicatessen and it has City of Lost of Children like because it has those weird and, yeah, and, uh, and weird situations and weird char- quirky characters. Yes. Um, and I then, noticed Dominique uh, Pinon was in all of those. <laughs> I think he's in, I don't know if he's in Very Long Engagement. I don't remember. But before I ever knew that they were all the same director. But he has a, he's very talented, I think. And then I think the main carry through for A Very Long Engagement is the actress from Amelie. Audrey Tattoo, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So you can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1991's Delicatessen. <laughs> In a post-apocalyptic future where famine and lawlessness reign, one resourceful butcher seems to be doing just fine. But when a down-and-out circus clown moves in upstairs, will winning the love of the butcher's daughter keep him from falling prey? Fire. Bloods, frogs, and militant vegetarians in the sewer. A world of magic, menace, and cold cuts. Delicatessen. All right, Amanda, get us started. How does Delicatessen begin? Well, it Begins very dramatically with the sharpening of knives, ladies uh-huh. and gentlemen. So if, <laughs> if you really gets your blood pumping right from the start, there's a random guy we don't, I believe, get ever get his name. But <laughs> his, his name in the uh, in the credits. Oh yeah, what did they call him? Tried to escape. Tried That's to his name. Escape. <laughs> so the tried to escape man who we find out, definitely fails. It finds his way into a trash can. He's wearing like a suit of newspaper and tr- garbage paper and stuff like that. To disguise himself yeah. <laughs> as a getaway. It's like, they won't see me if I'm surrounded by these newspaper clippings. And he he moves around a bit. And once they place him down, he peeks his head open. And as soon as he does that, he sees the infamous butcher and smacks his head right there with a cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to get it started. <laughs> the boucher, yeah. who they constantly refer to oh, him yeah, as the, the butcher. Boucher, the boucher. boucher. 
Yeah, and the okay. So the first time I saw this movie, I, I want to give a little little bit of a painting here. Uh-huh. So I was recommended to see this movie by a friend, and he was like, "You gotta see this movie." Well, me and my mom could not find this. This was back in the time when we we were still using Blockbuster. Uh-huh. Uh, Netflix was only by mail at that point. Right, they actually had DVDs. Yes, yeah. that's you could how mail them out and rent. <laughs> yes, good old days. <laughs> and so we were running around all because Netflix didn't have it. So we were running around all these Blockbusters. Nobody had it. We had to go to an old mom and pop store and Heck rent yeah. a VHS uh-huh. tape of it. VHS. Uh-huh. And so like it's it's like the middle of a day of the day on a Saturday or whatever and we're just like, "All right, we'll pop this in." All I had been told was it's a funny movie that you're going to like. That's all I've been told. That's all the context you got. <laughs> and this first scene, I was like, "This is supposed to be a comedy?" Like me and my mom were like, "Ah!" Like, this is a scary movie, like, which is fine. We just weren't expecting it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and there's all these uh, clues to tell you that he's been taken back inside. The sounds. You can hear yeah. the bell mm-hmm. ringing, and then you can hear him walking and closing the door. Uh-huh. So you know that the guy's going to get yeah. killed. It's, which is pretty fun. And then we get the title cards, which are all like in... In universe, they are diegetic title cards, which are always fun. And late title card, not quite as late as fresh, uh-huh. but right. You get a whole scene. Card. Yeah, another similarity card. between the two. I was like, title sequence, check. <laughs> <laughs> we also get to meet here the mailman, I believe. Does he ever get an actual name, or is he just referred to as the mailman? Because I know later on we got some nope, names of the that's people. That's it. He's he just is the mailman. The, mailman. Yeah, uh-huh. the one and only. Yeah, we don't like the mailman. No. No, he's a dickhead. He really is. He does not live in this complex, but he is friends with the Boucher. And they talk a lot. We get introduced to the concept of the troglodytes with them. They're looking at like a propaganda poster, which is very reminiscent of like Nazi propaganda about the Jews and how they need to be driven out. And that's the kind of conversation that they're having. So if you want to get the tone of the conversation. Yeah, let's talk about the post-apocalyptic stuff. Let's just get that clear because it's not going to become clear. No. There is a town. We know there is a town. The mailman talks about the town and how bad things are. We know there's a city uh, because... Our main dude comes from a circus that was in the city. Uh-huh. We know society still exists. There's television. But there seems to be massive famine. And the street is always, there's always yellow there's, smoke. Yeah, there's a yellow mm-hmm. tint, a yellow mist. And I do believe they mentioned there was a war going on. I don't know if they meant that like internally amongst each other or a I literal war. I think you're talking about the... The guys underground, the, the right? Oh, yeah. those were oh, it's I a roar between them, the yeah. surface and the rat people. And it's, if kind, you will. Well, it's okay. kind of a metaphor between the omnivores and vegetarians. Like that's okay. a little sort bit, of what yeah. it is. There's the, the you you notice that when we meet the troglodytes, they never eat meat, and they're constantly excited about like grains and corn and stuff like that. Yes, and in this society, corn has become like currency, uh-huh. which. As Amanda pointed out while we were watching it, it was like, well, why don't they eat the corn? 
And, you know, well, why don't we just eat, eat vegetables in reality, too? Right. And as someone who does not eat vegetables, I'm like, I get it now. <laughs> Give me the meat. Amanda's kind of an anti-vegan. I'm, a, I'm the most anti vegan you can possibly find. But I'm sure all the vegans who are listening to us right now are shouting at whatever device they're listening to this on. Yes, exactly. Stop eating meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, Chris and I do eat meat, but it's not, I don't know, Chris probably eats more meat than I do. Yeah, but I mean, we're not opposed to vegetarian meals. We no, have plenty we, of vegan we eat friends. full vegetarian <laughs> meals sometimes. We've even eaten vegan stuff. I just had a vegetarian meal. I call that the good old cereal. So, <laughs> me. I vegetarian, but not vegan. But no. You put that milk in there. Yeah. yeah. Baby steps, Chris. Baby steps. I don't know how anybody can be vegan. I don't know how you can take cheese out of your diet, man. Do, Kelsey's does, a big cheese fan. Does I'm vegan also not fan. include eggs? Cause yep. Then, oh, yeah. God. But the eggs. Yeah. So anything that eggs. comes from an animal. I do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. beautiful. But I need cheese. I need cheese too. I'm under the impression that there is there was some sort of war. A lot of society was killed off. Something is in the air, which causes probably a lot of the animals to die out. That's true. And the underground people were wearing masks. I don't know if that's because they were in the sewers and it probably doesn't smell so great down there. <laughs> or if it was just because the air is actually difficult to breathe although once again that was not deeply right. explored it seems more like a <laughs> dust than it is a yeah. poison we were just watching a video that was talking about how like it was talking about bad horror movies and it mentioned one that took the idea of some Korean horror movie and tried to turn it into an American movie and he explained that he didn't get the original version because he was like it's more about a concept it's more about an idea and I don't know how to show that and it's like that's a very American response of, that was what the American director said right yeah. that's what the American guy said and it's a very American response of there's no real story and that's kind of what's happening here and I'm totally 100% okay with that yeah like there's ambiguity it leaves a lot to the imagination but you kind of just go along with it it's not necessary to move the story along. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. You so. didn't make it necessary to the story. All we need to understand is that these people are in desperate times. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, too. Like, it's interesting. A lot of this is trying to tell you stop eating meat. But at the same time, they're being very forgiving of these people. And they're showing you yeah, that they're, they're going through to live their own lives, really real rough times, yes. yeah. uh-huh. trying to make it through. And be normal it causes way. you to do things that most people would not do. Exactly. When you're that destitute. So it's like some of the ideas here get a little muddied. Yeah, for sure. This, once again, when you're hungry, starving, and like you said, poor, you it drives you to do things you never thought you would do. Mm-hmm. And certainly that is the case for everyone in this apartment. We get, <laughs> we get a scene where... All the tenants are coming to the butcher and buying their meat, and they're handing over corn and... Lentils. Lentils. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, our main guy tried to use to, to pay the taxi guy when his car broke down, and he was like, lentils? Give me your shoes. shoes. Yeah. Apparently lentils are not proper currency in this universe. <laughs> or they're probably just lesser. <laughs> that's true. They're going to refer corn. to him... 
having clown shoes. This is one of the reasons is because he is a clown. He's a clown. Yeah. Uh, but he has to wear those shoes. And while this is happening, we're going to meet another important character. Uh, she is going to be having a kind of an affair with the landlord and she's going to become important. Very important at the end. I think if I'm not mistaken, her name comes up once, once when she it's shows Mrs. up again at the end. Plus, yeah, Mademoiselle Plus, Mademoiselle Plus. Yes, which I don't know if that means plus or voluminous, voluptuous, but <laughs> she's certainly uh, well suited for the name. But she, yeah, she. We in was her introduction pretty much. No, it was at yeah, it was, it was at, at the, the barber store. And it's like we all. She's like, oh, put it on my tab. And then the girl next to her was like, yeah, we all know how she pays you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Cue to a bouncy, bouncy scene. <laughs> <laughs> and our main guy doesn't eat meat, but they don't really make a big deal about that. But he does say it when he first shows up. Uh-huh. Oh, he does? Yeah, because the, okay. like, the guy is like, hey, if you're here for meat, we're out. And he goes, oh, that's okay. I don't eat meat. I'm here for the job, which for some reason the landlord denies putting in the paper, and I'm, mm -hmm. I don't get why. Yeah. Did you guys get why? I don't understand why, because it's even made clear later that he conspired with the mailman to yes. post this advertisement, and yeah. it's clear he, it's meant to draw him in as bait for future meals, if you will. But so why would it matter that he didn't post the- Exactly. Yeah, so why he would refuse and say, oh, no, no, there was no advertisement. Like, he's- the, if the intent is this guy's going to die anyway, then why deny something that he... I, I digress, but it's, it's it's a minor thing, but... But it was odd. I didn't... I, I was like, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah, I don't... Sinister. He's lying to him right away. Maybe it's more for the viewer than for the story itself. I don't quite know, but but yeah, that was an intriguing thing. Our main guy is pretty funny. So eventually the landlord says, yes, you can have the job. I'll give you odd jobs around the house. And he shows him to his little apartment and he goes to use the faucets. And when he turns one, the other one turns on. And when he turns on the other one, the first one turns on. And his face is just really good. I thought, yeah. oh, I think yeah. he's a really funny actor. Oh, yeah. And, and you were mentioning to me before, he has a very unique face. So just having that already and it being so expensive like full of expressive emotion and expressive and, yeah, uh -huh. it just adds to it he just kind of like just like hmm, this is the situation okay but i can't be picky because where the hell else am i gonna go i literally sold my shoes just to get here <laughs> <laughs> so he takes up a job and residence here in this apartment complex and he's gonna do odd jobs around the place he's gonna be the superintendent basically we meet some other characters who mm -hmm. create moo-sounding boxes, which Amanda had never heard of. I mean, I get that, you know, there was that, like, the kazoos, you know, there's things, there's there's voice things that create noises. I just didn't know that particularly a moo sound yeah. was so, I don't know, you know needed you, you turn it over to and be it made. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't understand the purpose. There's a I thing that's sliding <laughs> inside of it. It's pushing air out through the holes and it makes a moo sound. But, yeah. but, but why? Is, is, my, it's fun. is my. Okay. It's for little kids. I clearly did not have a fun childhood, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I had one. I, I did. I didn't have one, but like I remember playing with them like in stores and stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is Robert and Roger. 
and I don't remember which one is which, but one of them is in love with, with a married woman. A married yes. woman. She is the one who wants to kill herself. And I believe her name is Aurora. Aurora? Yeah, I think Aurora. it's I think you it's Aurora. like it's like Aurora. Aurora. Okay. But it's in French. Interligator Aurora. is their last name. <laughs> But anyway, is she in love with him? Like, are they having an affair? I don't think that she really because they were whispering to each other in the hallway so that her husband wouldn't hear. Do something for her, but she also says that the voices in her head are saying that he is a pervert. Right. So that's mixed. And and she's but she just says that kind of matter of factly, like she has no opinion on it because she doesn't even consider him as sexually viable. She's not thinking about that. She just really wants to kill herself because she thinks she's crazy. It's really, really sad. We see a lot of scenes where she's hearing this voice and we're pretty much being confirmed that it is a real voice. Someone is fucking with her. And yes, it's going to be one of one of these guys is fucking with her and the other one is in love with her. And I don't know if it's supposed to be that like the other guy is jealous but I don't understand just that. having fun? Yeah, because know. why, if you are supposedly in love with this woman, would you literally drive her to madness? No, the other one did oh, it. Oh, the other one his, did it. His partner. You're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah, That's the one who kept coming him. to Yeah, uh-huh. You know, at, at first, I'm not going to lie, I kind of thought that the guy was coming to her and she was kind of known as what do you call it, like a, a diviner or something? Because uh-huh. she hears the voices, if uh-huh. you will. So I think maybe he truly did think she had the sight. And it was like, tell me, tell me what the voices say about me. And then she's like, you're a pervert. And he's like, it's not true. I swear, it's not true. Uh, she doesn't even consider it. It just, like, whatever. I don't care. I just, I'm more concerned about these voices exactly. in my head. And, but it could be... Due to the nature of this complex, it could be that he wants her dead because then they get to eat her. That's another thing. Yeah, that would make more meat on the table. That's true. I Did just- we explicitly say that yet, by the way? Everyone in this complex pays the butcher for the meat. That meat it- is usually their superintendent that they repeatedly kill and then they yep. put out a new advertisement, which is why Louisan is in danger right now. And he doesn't know it. He's just, what's the term when he's... Uh, Completely oblivious to the danger that he's in. There's a term for that. Well, the next pe- the next people that we meet are the kids smoking on the stairs. Yes. And they are never given names, but they're the children of the tapioca couple. Yes. Uh-huh. And that couple have a, a grandmother as well. And the grandmother is going to be eaten at one point, which is going to make the mother very sad because it's her mom. But the, the man, Marcel, we kind of get introduced to him he is testing out a condom yep that he is reused he's he cleans it and then tests it to make sure Reuses there are it. no holes in it you'll notice that there are little black marks Two on there patches. Yeah. is that what that was i thought it was a design on the condom no, I'm like it's broken in the past and they have two kids oh no. <laughs> god that makes it a lot more that's why he was i was like oh he's making a balloon and then i looked at it i'm like that is that is a condom. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they reuse over and over. Over and yeah, over. Yeah, that they need to reuse. God. Okay. <laughs> but that's the kind of dire straits that everyone's in here. Yes. Oh, the frog man? Oh, God. <laughs> Who has zero impact on the story. Zero. Wait, why is he 
there. I guess just to show, like, I don't eat meat, but I got me my snails. No, he does. Well, he eats eats meat. He eats the snails and he eats the frogs. Yeah, but he doesn't eat the human flesh, if you will. Right. He refuses to become a cannibal. He raises his own food by raising snails and raising frogs in his flooded basement apartment. But he's also excited to let them free as well at the end. Which is weird. He's kind of crazy. But that's all there is to him. He wants to be a frog. I think it's just more of a, you know, when you're you're in these dire straits, you go crazy. Uh Uh-huh. You act strangely. You get, you become... You have strange habits. There is a song that plays throughout this movie several times, and I and we're playing it right now, I'm assuming, and I recognize the hell out of it. I I honestly don't, but it, it is it's it has a familiarity to it, but I, I can't say that I've can't necessarily pinpoint it anywhere. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it just has a very nice soothing melody. The song is Le, Le Boule or Le Boule or, or something like that. I don't know how you pronounce it. B-U-L-L-E-S. And evidently it was written for this movie. The movie has a list of all the songs that came from other sources and this song is not on it. Hmm. And if you look it up everywhere it says from Delicatessen. So it's like the theme of the movie. It makes me think of a romance movie, and I can't uh-huh. think of what it is. It's up. Is it? It's <gasps> up. I can kind of maybe if in a more upbeat. Maybe. We can play them too side by side. <laughs> Isn't that the theme to up? I'll have to listen to it again. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, up is coming. There's a. What is they call no, it? No, but the, I have to the, hear the other one first. Oh, right. Yeah, hold on. Copyright infringement. Here we come. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of a romance movie. I hear what you're saying, but that's not what I was thinking of. Well, it is a romance, technically. That specific one, isn't it like. Is that the montage of them? The couple? Yeah. Carl and Ellie? This, this is when she dies. Th- so this depressing. is the sad part of the story. I absolutely hear what you're talking about. I I fell on them just like, whoa, they did. They do sound very, very familiar. But there is something else that I was thinking of originally. If you guys know, because we will have played it for you by now, what it sounds like, let us know what you think. Okay, so what is his first odd job? It is to paint the ceiling, specifically, if I'm not mistaken, a water damage stain. Uh-huh. So he's in the middle of doing that. He's got his, he uses his suspenders to kind of attach himself, I believe, to one of the pipes uh-huh. so he can go and, and it's stretch. It's elastic and it like and pulls him back and allows to like him to really go to all yeah. the other sides of the ceiling. There's a whole musical segment that this leads into yes. where the butcher is having sex with Mademoiselle Plus yes. and our sort of love interest character that we will eventually find out is the butcher's daughter. What's her name? Julie. Julie. She plays the cello and it kind of goes along to this. His painting goes along to this noise. The squeaking of the bed goes along to the noise. Uh, what else is happening? She's more stuff. beating a rug. Yeah, beating oh, a rug. There tapioca was, is beating there was a, rug, a yeah. random pendulum. They bring Whoa, in with the cello. Oh, yes, and then the uh, bike the, pump. The moose. The oh, mo- the Marcel mo- is doing the bike pump. Yeah, yeah. the moose. I call them moose people. That's not right. The mooers. Oh the yeah, people who make oh, yeah, the moo thingy. Making the moo box. Roger that, and that, Robert. Yeah, yeah, that comes into play into it as well. And yeah, it just—it's all of these different sounds. And that- they all know. Mm-hmm. 
that it's all based on the squeaking of the bed. Yes. And so everything sort of picks up tempo when the butcher picks up tempo. tempo. Yeah. And it's just a really fun sort of, there's a lot of this throughout the movie of this sort of, like it's, they use as humor the musicality of sort of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's also a kind of simple sub-theme of the movie, which it wraps up in a nice little bow at the very end with the last scene you get right before the credits. Um, but there is there is a music to just, like, living. Yes. There's a beauty to just being alive regardless of your circumstances. Which is really interesting that you say that because... Later on, there's going to be a bullshit detector, and the guy's going to say, say some bullshit, and he goes, life is beautiful, Beautiful. Uh and it goes off. So it's really funny that you're saying that the movie is pointing out the beauty even after Uh post-apocalypse. But you need to be the right people, right? Like, it's not beautiful for that butcher. It will be for Louisson and... Julie. 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 Yeah. So... The guy is doing a bunch of different odd jobs. He encounters the grandma who they attach things like Cans loud things to. to in case she gets lost. Uh-huh. She wanders the streets <laughs> at night, apparently. They gotta find her. <laughs> we find out that the mailman has like a big crush on Julie. Mm-hmm. So he does not like the the new guy. Superintendent, mm-hmm. because everybody can pick up very quickly that she is interested in him. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he he tells the mailman, hey, watch out for that step. And he goes, mind your business. And then he falls down that's, the stairs. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's a lot of foreshadowing there. When do they get to the the fun? Does does she invite him over to her so apartment? So the mailman brings a package. Oh, right. Yes. And it's unclear at first what that package is. And everyone's fighting over it. The kids really want it. Yeah, it's obviously very, food of some sort. You're very confused. You're like, why the fuck are they attacking this mailman? Exactly, because at the very beginning, it was all very civil. He's handing mm-hmm. out the meat to the people one by one. So you just assume when someone's getting a package, I mean, we do find out later that it had meat in it. Candy. No, it had oh, candy. Had candy. Yes. We oh. see it. It's like this orange candy. Okay, so that's yeah. definitely why the kids were even going fanatic over it as well. Yeah. Okay. And she says, this must have been very expensive. Yes. And he's but like, anything for you. They're, they're fighting over it in in, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And Louisson picks it up, takes it away from everyone and holds it. And the mailman draws a gun on everyone. And he mentions the law. Basically, it says, if you fuck with the mail, I'm going to shoot you. And he sends everyone away. And then he takes the package from Louisson and gives it to Julie. That's when Julie shows up. She's like, hey, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. And she mentions, oh, this is something that you might like. Would you like a taste? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I think the subtitle said, oh, it's just some tidbits. So, like, a part of my brain was like, mm, bits, bits and pieces. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It was uh-huh. not clear for us um, English speakers. Yeah. But she does invite him to dinner at 7, which we oh, found a yes. connection to in the next movie. I have no idea what time it is. <laughs> uh, and so, basically, it's going to be a date. They're going to go on a date. And the date is actually so cute. Oh my god. You can it's tell <laughs> you can tell Julie immediately wants to impress him because Julie, the character, wears glasses. And apparently without said glasses, she's 
pretty blind. Um, so you see her testing out in her apartment the how many steps to walk to get to the table where her seat is, where the teapot is in relation to uh-huh. her. She's practicing. And, and she's yeah, all prepped. Uh-huh. She's ready to go. He comes and he sits in the opposite chair that she, she wasn't, like, he wasn't supposed to sit there. She was supposed to sit there and then proceeds a whole hilarious sequence with the tea, her continuing to pour it and overflow, uh-huh. and Louison trying to, like, make accommodations, get a secondary plate to get It's the very, overflow. like, vaudevillian <laughs> silent movie sort of very humor. Very much. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. It's re- and it's really well done, and mm. it's really cute, and, yeah. like, he doesn't want to embarrass her. Uh-huh. And he just tries to keep, yeah, as you said, accommodating her. But she doesn't want to let on what's happening. So even when he, when the music stops, she's like, oh, I'll fix that. Even though she hadn't planned for that, she goes to do it. And when she does, she knocks over a vase and she goes, I'm always knocking things over. So I always buy things in yeah. doubles. I've got a spare. <laughs> and then lo and behold, she pulls out the second one and just places it uh-huh. right there. It's just, this is an everyday occurrence for her. How can she afford to do that? Like we said ah. before, we'll find out later. She is mm-hmm. the daughter of the butcher. And even though they've kind of grown apart and she doesn't really like him anymore, he still does try to dote on her as much of an asshole as he is. <laughs> yes. And and we will find out that he is hoarding wealth. Which I didn't understand the concept. Well, he has more than he'll ever need. Okay. And he keeps it because it's basically like a currency, even though everyone's starving he still hoards his wealth. Because yeah, he's using it on his daughter. I, oh, I guess. Well, and and for himself. Like, yeah. He just, you know, he. this is, this is, <laughs> it's sort of like an anti-capitalist sort of idea. <laughs> While people are starving, others are hoarding <laughs> right. wealth, right? So. Yes. We also find out that our main guy used to be, like we said, he's a clown, but like, they also call him an artist. Like, he was a very famous, like, Kind of like comic comedian, a, like a Three Stooges kind of situation, except it's him and his lovely companion, which is a monkey, Doctor yeah. Livingstone. Doctor Livingstone, yes. <laughs> and it's so interesting. He's there's a conversation where he's speaking with Julie, and he describes the fate of Doctor Livingstone. Oh, but he hasn't and, told her that he's a monkey and, yet. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, and he and he says that he. I forget the specifics. They that ate he, es- him. he escaped uh-huh. and he was eaten. And he makes they it a point him. to can say, can you believe that? And this, and Julie's, the look of Julie's face is like, <laughs> if you're appalled at people eating a monkey. Well, no, she, well, no, she thought it was a person. She oh, thought, she did? yeah, she didn't she react like, oh my God, they ate a person. Which yeah, is, she, yeah, that's why she feels comfortable telling him gotcha. what, what happens here. She's like, okay, you already, you the, know what you, people you, you are like. You know what people are doing. Uh-huh. They're, they're There's something I people. need to tell you. And he's right. like, oh. <laughs> so they're going to play music together. She's going to play her cello and he's going to bring up his saw, like a Which musical a saw. Uh huh. Yes, thing. it is a very real thing. But again, the musicality of everyday objects and actions, the life that is in all things, you know. Beauty is everywhere. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so while they are. They finish playing. He falls asleep. Yes. She tells him everything. Mm -hmm. Then she hears him snore. And she put him to sleep because she was using soporific herbs, Mm -hmm. which just means it 
puts people to sleep. That's what its use is. And then she gets an idea. We'll find out later. She gives him those herbs so he can take them every night. So he'll go to sleep and he won't wander the hallways and the stairway at night because that's how they get killed. Mm-hmm. So she wants to protect him. So she puts him to sleep every night. <laughs> but again, he still doesn't know what's going on because he fell asleep while she was telling him. Meanwhile, the butcher and Miss Plus are together and she's talking about how she wants to get out of here. And he laughs at her because he's very, he's very negative. Yeah. He's a very, very negative character. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, where else are they going? That's another thing. It's, you're so... It, the film is so focused on this apartment building. It's, uh-huh. And, I mean, you do find out later that there's an underground society. But it's so singularly there. You don't even know what's on the outside. Right. Where would society. she go? Where we don't know. Where would you go? Is it yeah. better? Is mm-hmm. Is it worse? You get no other context as to what the rest of the world is like. Is everything that we watch on the TV in black and white because that's just the time that we're in? Or, or is it, is just it because that's the only mo- media right. they have anymore, right? Exactly. We, well, we're going we're gonna to watch a segment of... It's all, it, they do have new stuff because he's on it. But no, it yeah, was but old because it was with but Mr. O- Livingston. But only like a year or two. Like, well, we don't know that. No, we do. He says, that's why I came here because that happened. So I decided to say, screw, right, like, right. forget. Livingstone died not that long ago. Yeah. But we don't know when this performance that they aired happened. He doesn't even know it's going to be on until Mademoiselle Plus shows him that it is. When they, it's on, an, it's in, it's, it's advertised in the newspaper. In the newspaper. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. She finds out, Julie finds out all this stuff when she carries him to his apartment because he's asleep and she looks at all of his stuff, his photographs, the poster of him in Livingstone. That's where she finds out he's a monkey. And then she puts him next to this little pipe where she can listen to him snore. Mm-hmm. So she can be sure that he is sleeping in his apartment. Because she's having nightmares that he's being killed. Yes. Uh-huh. She just dreams of her father. like Killing, killing him. him yeah. Slicing his throat. Which is hilarious because there's another sequence where she's worried about him. And she literally opens the door. And she, all we see is his, literally just his head oh, yeah. on a table <laughs> with an axe through it. Or not an axe, but some kind of cleaver. Uh, yeah. And you're thinking, oh my God, this, her dad is sending a message. Until you realize he's just doing an act. A bit, yeah. And a part of me is just like, of course it would have to be that. Of all things of the clownish acts that he would do. It's just like, oh yes. Weapon through head and no head. <laughs> yeah, decapitated. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Miss Plus is going to call the superintendent to her apartment because she hates how much that her bed squeaks. Oh, yes, oh, another musical so moment. Yeah. They have to uh-huh. figure out where the squeak is coming from. So they move around on the bed, and it's kind of yeah. funny. Yeah, and she coyly says, because she was doing it by herself, she's like, no, it happens with two people on the bed. Yeah. And so, of course, they do it. And like you said, it's 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 He's oblivious to the sexuality involved. Exactly, yeah. but it was so synchronized. Like, every time exactly. with the hands, then she would do the hand to the side. It was completely it, choreographed. Choreographed, exactly. And, and for the camera and mm-hmm. it works here. Yeah. In the next movie we're going to watch, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of dancing that's choreographed and obviously mm-hmm. it's for the audience. Right. And I don't think it works quite as well as Why? it does here. What's because, better about this one? Because this movie 
is comedic and slapstick. And they've had already a musical melody moment. Yeah, you've got the and beats going on. They've set a precedent. Yeah. yeah, the vibe that the movie gives off supports it more. Not that I'm saying I would be like I didn't I didn't reject the one in Fresh. I was just like, well, it was only for a little moment, and then they are actually dancing for themselves. So it felt a little unnecessary in Fresh, whereas in this, it felt like it was part of everything else that the movie was doing. I see. Okay, I can see that. So yeah, he figures out that it's the second spring on the right. <laughs> Obviously, because, you know, after getting that bounce in, he knows exactly where it is, uh, let me tell you. He's very good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this perfectly cues into Aurora. Yeah. Her, her first attempt at trying to off herself, because while he's banging on the spring, yes, he's ringing. Um, oh, what's the dude's name? The In, customer, either either Roger or Robert. I don't know one which of those one. two. Yeah. And there's a note. She's and she says, "Ring the doorbell hard." And we later find out the reason for this is because she has gotten some weird. The contraption setup. is the contraption. Is, what yeah. is it called? It's a, a Rube Goldberg machine of when he. <laughs> rings the doorbell, it turns on the sewing machine, which feeds through a scarf, which is going across the full bathtub, which she is sitting in, and the lamp is on the scarf, so as the sewing machine pulls the scarf through, it pulls the lamp off the shelf, and it will fall into the bath, hopefully, she thinks, killing her, but... Because he is banging on the bed, it causes the plug to come undone on the other side of the wall, diffusing the lamp and causing it not to electrocute her. Yeah. And it's really sad. Like It's this comedically woman tragic. Yeah. yeah. This woman does not want to kill herself, but she's being yeah. told to by this voice. So right. she does. She's going to do it, but like she doesn't want to. So she has to create these ridiculous contraptions. And like this one guy's in love with her. Her husband is in love with her. Totally. Like, oh, Aurora, every time. It's, yeah. I don't know how to feel. Like, personally, I'm fine with it, Mm -hmm. but I could imagine that people might have trouble with this. Exactly. Like, it's it's obvious, like Kelsey was saying, she's she's gone through such an elaborate setup that if you really wanted to do it, you would, she would, like we saw later, she had the pills. Right. She could have just easily taken the pills. She does all this stuff. So but she, she gets killed and mm-hmm. she doesn't have to actively do it herself. Do it herself. Exactly. Yeah, which, which is part of like, okay, so she doesn't want to do mm-hmm. it. Kill her. It's all she wants Let's anyway. <laughs> yes, that's what Marcel will tell the butcher. Right. Listen, if you don't want to kill, because the butcher's going to say to to other people, including Mademoiselle Plus, that Louison is not that bad of a guy, actually. <laughs> because he overhears... When she's talking shit on her father, he's going to overhear him go, you should really be taking it easy on him. You should really forgive people. Because she asks if he ever forgave the people that ate Livingstone. And he's like, oh, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to consider things from other people's point of view. It might have been a mistake. Mm -hmm. They might not have known what they were doing was hurting somebody else. So, yeah, I forgave them, you know. And so he's like, oh, okay, well, this guy might not be that bad of a guy. But when he gets in this conversation with Marcel... Marcel's like, kill him already. We need to eat. We're out of meat. And and the guy's like, well, he's he's still useful. He's got other jobs he needs to do. Right. He needs to finish painting my ceilings. Yes. <laughs> and, and Marcel's like, well, then kill the interligator's wife because 
She wants to die anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because he wants to kill off his mother-in-law, which mm-hmm. he will end up doing, but not on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Louison is helping Miss Plus. She's like way into astrology. And she guesses that he's a Capricorn. He's like, you lose. I'm I'm an Aquarius or whatever. Uh, yeah. I Sign love that. Sign of the future. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I just love when people think that they're like, oh, you're this, aren't you? And you're like, no, I'm not. <laughs> not at all. We And when he's talking to her, we meet the Australian. Oh, yes. And you're like, ooh, the Australian? This is a weapon. So and these kids, the, yeah. the two the two kids that belong to Marcel and Madame Tapioca, they steal some underwear from Mademoiselle Plus, mm-hmm. and they end up throwing it, and it gets caught on a lamp. And so he's going to use the Australian mm-hmm. to get it back. So can yeah. you describe this to us? Okay, so I'm a little... Was it like a three-pronged kind of blade, or is it like a switchblade? Because I felt like it compacted it's both. It does on compact, itself. yeah. Okay. But then it comes out and it has three blades. Physically, yeah. this would not work, but you just need to understand <laughs> the concept. Uh, yes. And so I believe there's an expression, I don't know if... If it, I don't know if it's used in this scene particularly, but he says, yes, the Australian is only good as like the master that holds it or you or wields it. If yeah, you because will. you it works like a boomerang. You it does. throw it you and it comes it and back. It comes right and back. You need to, to be you. able to catch it. Exactly. So I guess that's why she does what she does at the end. Yes. She knew he wouldn't be able yes. to catch it. Oh no, it. she did that on purpose. Yes. yes. I mean, I knew she did it on purpose, but I was like what if How he had, did you know if he was close yeah, enough? Yeah. Like, that was a Hail Mary. Yeah. Like, it worked in the context because we knew the story of how the Australian worked, uh-huh. but it's still like questionable. And you know, in like the sort of fairy tale logic that this world has, you kn- you knew what was going to happen and it was just going to work out, you know? But anyway, continue on. All right. We get confirmation that the landlord is Julie's father when Mm -hmm. she confronts him about the candy. And she's like, I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. But more it's that I don't like it because it came from you. And he and she's like, let this one live. And he's like, you say that every time. All of them. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. she's like, no, but this one I I really want Mm -hmm. you to let live. And I think that kind of cinches it for the landlord. He's like, all right, the guy needs to die. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially if she's choosing him over me, right? Like, that's, yes. the, that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that conversation, in a way, cued her. It's like, okay, I've upset my dad. I think I've caused him to actually act I'm, on I'm it. I'm running out of time. Which is uh-huh. why she it, she goes and pursues. The troglodytes. Okay, how do you call them? The troglodytes. The troglodytes. So okay. a troglodyte is a real term. It basically just means people that live in caves. Underground. That, so like when you're talking about prehistorical man and all those gotcha. species, the troglodytes were the ones that actually lived in caves. Gotcha. So that's where the Hobbits. term comes from. <laughs> so sure. She, <laughs> so she so she takes it upon herself to just jump right into the sewer uh-huh. and hunt down these people. Yes. On a whim in hopes of recruiting them to save Louison, if you will. And once she does find them, her incentive 
for them is that he is hoarding yeah. all of Here's these, corn and they get really excited crypt- about it. And she's like, he has at least 30 bags full of it. You guys like this, right? They're like, oh, yeah. They're like, okay, well, then save my man mm-hmm. and we got ourselves a deal. We have a contract. Yes. I will tell you where it where it is. Where you, and when you yeah, go to pick room? it up, pick him up too. And remember, That's the, the clown shoes yes. specifically. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. In between this time, though, is when they will kill off the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law yeah. And what happens is he calls her down, or he has her come down because of the... Mar- Marcel the, sets things up in the middle the of the yarn. night. With the yarn. Yeah, he, he, he kicks the oh, yarn down right. so it goes down the stairs. Off the TV, that which wakes causes her, up. her to actually wake up mm-hmm. and then get the, the yarn well, that he... Put, the yarn... Mm-hmm. Then he tells her to scream, and she just doesn't. And then she sees a spider, which does make her scream, and then she has a heart attack. And somebody comes downstairs to to see what the screaming is about. And apparently that was whichever of the Roger Robert guys is in love with... Aurora. Aurora. Uh And chops off his leg at the knee, which is funny because the guy's like, well, the butcher was nice about it. He did apologize. He was so chill. He's like, oh, he didn't mean to do it. He didn't know it was me. He Uh thought it was Louison coming to check, which was his intent, I'm sure. Yes, that was the plan. (laughs) He thought Louison would come down and take care of the old lady, but he doesn't because he has been been being drugged every (laughs) night. Uh By... Julie. Yep. Okay. After she goes and meets the troglodytes, that's when she comes in and oh, sees yes. the head that's on the table. Yes, yeah. But he, it's him and he's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. So the troglodytes come to the rescue. Well, oh, first they're they, scoping things out. They're figuring out where everything is, mm-hmm. making sure they know what's get, going get on. Get the right apartment, uh-huh. the right room. Yeah. And Aurora, poor Aurora. What is she on? Her second or third attempt at this? Well, this time she's just cleaning. She's not trying to kill herself oh, right she's now. she's not? Okay. But she opens up the flu and there's a face. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, I found the source of the voices. <laughs> and then screams and then he falls and then her husband comes in and there's nothing there. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but she's like. Convinced now. Yeah, she's sort of in a daze, almost like she's like, oh my God. I saw the face of the voice. I, vindication. <laughs> yes, my husband didn't see them, but at least now I know, I know. I'm not crazy. But <laughs> or no, I think maybe she's thinking she's even crazier. Well, yeah, but now it's gotten worse that she's I'm like, seeing I'm things seeing now. Things yeah. Instead of just hearing. <laughs> poor, poor Aurora. But that is when Miss Plus comes to tell. Oh, that he's going to be on TV. That's she saw the advertisement. She wants yeah, to let him know. The the butcher sees it mm-hmm. from the mailman when he delivers right. the newspaper. Mm-hmm. He shows it to Mademoiselle Plus and says, mm-hmm. Why don't you go up and tell, and tell him, him about mm-hmm. it? This is when she tells him, Hey, he's maybe not that bad of a guy. Right. <laughs> and she does tell him, and then he's like, Hey, you want to see part of my act? Right. So they're doing like this dance. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah, it's really, really cute. Where he has like three legs, right? And yes. it's like a synchronized little cute dance, and then he does a little bow with the third leg. And it's uh-huh. really cute. And I think Mrs. Pluse like kind of dances along like side by side a little bit with him. And of course, that's the perfect timing when Julie walks in. Number one, they're barely dancing together. They're the d- decent amount apart. But, but she still. knows Mademoiselle Plus. Plus. Everybody oh, yes. knows. Everyone knows <laughs> about how she gets her meat from the butcher. <laughs> how she pays for, for exactly. her bill. Yeah. So of course she assumes the worst and doesn't even give him a chance to explain. Anything. She does still keep a date with him though mm-hmm. to see, to watch 
the performance right. together. Mm-hmm. But she's going to be, hmm, no, I don't, yeah. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> she's <laughs> well, like really mad. What's really interesting is after that scene, Miss Plus will say goofed again. Like that this happens to her more than but more the, I often guess than the, not. Sure, but the point is, is that she she was she didn't have any designs on Louis Song. Mm-hmm. She was generally just charmed by him. Yeah, he's a nice guy, and she really likes him. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, "Oh shit, I just fucked things up," mm-hmm. you know. But yes, she does say again. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's while they're watching the TV, if I'm not mistaken. That's the whole ordeal where you find the butcher is messing is with fucking the antenna. with the antenna. Yeah, yeah, and then. That's when Miss Plus says bastard. bastard. I love it. Like what a bastard. <laughs> she ruining sees him his fucking night. With the ruining antenna. his night on TV. Yeah. Oh, Julie also has contacts now. Oh yeah. So while they were I was gonna mention that while they're wa- she invited him over and I think he mentioned he's like, Oh, can can you see? She's like, I'm wearing contacts now. Yeah, uh-huh. Just like it's in, which is another thing to go back to the time period cuz at first I thought the reason why she took off her glasses is like okay, this is a, in olden times cuz that was my initial assumption. Uh-huh. Olden times the contacts aren't a thing, but that as soon as that scene happened, I'm like, well that threw my theory right out the door. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just whimsical in right. that whatever mm-hmm. works for the right. movie at the time mm-hmm. they're going to put in there. Mm-hmm. The reason why Julie goes after Louis Son is because Louis Son is such a good guy. He's like, oh, I'll fix the antenna, yes. right? Not knowing that it's her dad messing with it in the first place. He's decided he's finally going to yes. kill Louis Son, and mm-hmm. this is how he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. He's going to fuck with the antenna yeah. during his performance, and he knows that Louis Son's going to come up to check the antenna. Mm-hmm. And he has his meat cleaver. Yeah. And there are a lot of other things going on at the same time. This is when we find out who has been messing with Aurora. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. The two guys, the, the two R's fight each other. They get into a fight. And you think Aurora is going to be okay, finally. But that, because all these things happen so that she doesn't kill herself and then... She does. It's so sad. Yeah, the husband accidentally triggers one last little thing that she tried to set mm-hmm. up where the stove was on without a mm-hmm. flame and it causes an explosion mm-hmm. and they both die. We don't see them again for the rest of the movie and we see that the apartment building is filling with smoke at mm-hmm. this point. Also, at the same time, the troglodytes think they have saved Louis Song, but really they have just taken Miss Plus mm-hmm. because yes. she's trying to go and tell him what I think what the landlord's yes, doing. Yes, don't go. Yeah, the landlord's fucking with the antenna. He's gonna try to kill you. But when she goes in the apartment to tell him, that's when they snag her up yep. by this elaborate trap contraption that they have set up with the carpet. They don't find out it's her until they drag her down there. They but take her out. But it's all men in these troglodytes. So they're not used to seeing women very often. But there's the one guy that's like, we got him. And the other guy's like, that's obviously a woman. It's what's supposed to be a man. It's like. He's like, well, I'm supposed to know. Why don't yeah. you check? Yeah, you check. Yeah. And he's like, it comes with the job. And he just. He grabs, he grabs her, boob. her boob. And she. <laughs> bites him. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of biting, biting. in fights going yes. on here, which is going to come up again later. Yeah. Yes. But like, for instance, Julie is going to bite her father's hand, hand to get him to drop the meat yeah. cleaver. Yeah. Yes, and at the same time, the mailman shows up while Louis-san is out trying to fix the antenna. The mailman's going to show up and is going to attempt to rape Julie. And that's when Louis-san is going to come back in and save her from the mailman. Uh, The mailman's also going to shoot one of the troglodytes. 
Because they've come back because they realize their mistake. And it's like, a contract is a contract. Mm -hmm. We have to get the clown shoes guy. (laughs) Meanwhile, Miss Plus is walking through the sewers all scared. Because they leave her down there. (laughs) One guy comes back and you're like, oh, is he going to help her? No, he just unties her. Unties her and kisses her. In case I don't come back. (laughs) And then leaves her. So now that Louison has saved Julie from the mailman... They are back in her apartment, and everybody is trying to get in after them. And they start, like, swinging stakes and stuff, and it's kind of funny. One comes right in the middle of them while they're about to kiss. Uh Oh, yeah, there was that scene where, um, I think right afterwards, where they decide to hide out in the bathroom. Uh And he's like, you know what we have to do. (laughs) And he takes off her dress, and then he starts stripping, and she leans against the wall. Well, no, he grabs her. Because he grabs her. And, like, like, pushes her against the wall, and she's like, oh, yeah, here it comes. Oh, I'm ready. Finally. (laughs) And then he just starts using the clothes to, like, plug the bottom of the 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 door. door. Yeah, seal all the holes in the place. Seal all the holes in the area. And then he puts on the bathtub and then undoes all the pipes. All these pipes, yeah. To get the water coming in. To get the water filling. And I just thought that was so hilarious. They end up breaking in. She does a great job. Yes. They end up breaking into the the apartment and then they get to the bathroom and then eventually they do break it open. And then all this water comes Mm -hmm. flooding out the entire apartment building and just fucking everyone up. <laughs> this is when the frog guy comes out. Yeah. And it's like, it's you're free, like, frogs. The world free. is now your environment. <laughs> it's flooded. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Everyone's kind of taken out of commission. And when Louisan and Julie are trying to get down, the floor collapses out from underneath them. The butcher and Mrs. Tapioca, no, Marcel's Plus. wife. Now, Marcel's wife is like oh. helping him out mm-hmm. and like giving him cleavers. He's trying to attack Louis Saw. Meanwhile, the troglodytes have saved Julie. Mm-hmm. They pulled her up through the roof right. and he's just a sitting duck holding on the toilet right. uh, for Which dear is life. all that's left of the floor because the uh-huh. rest of the floor has yeah. come out. And then that's where Mrs. Plus comes Yeah, Mademoiselle Plus comes in and <laughs> gives him the Australian. She's like, this is a job for the Australian. Australian. And she gives him the Australian and he throws it at Louisan, and it spins in front of his face and then comes right back and hits the butcher in the forehead. And, and he has right, a fun little death scene here. And right before that happened, he had said, you're done to Louisan, and the bullshit meter went off. Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. He struggles. Do I have something right here? He says yeah. to Tapioca. Like, it like, am, I, am I dreaming? I think you can tell me. It's almost as if mm-hmm. someone had a smudge on their teeth yeah. the way he was reacting. <laughs> he sits down, a little blood comes from his nose, and then he just dies. Mm-hmm. And it ends with the two of them playing their music up on the, yes. up, up on the roof. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know if it was just me, but you could noticeably see the yellow mist. Mm-hmm. But as they continued playing, it started clearing, and mm-hmm. the sky the beauty, became the music, blue. Their so joy. Maybe, maybe that was the whole... Uh-huh. The whole thing, but because I was like, "Oh wait, this is more color than I need." Is love. Uh-huh. Oh God, yes. And the and the the the, the twin delinquent kids. Oh, yeah, are pretending to play with them. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. Uh huh. On the roof, and yeah, it is really, it is really adorable. Mm-hmm. Really nice little cute ending to this movie. And that is 
Delicatessen. Do we have any other last thoughts we want to talk about the movie in general? Any other scenes that we didn't mention that you think are important to discuss? Well, Chris, you mentioned biting. There was also another sequence, I think very briefly, when uh, Mrs. Plus was coming back and when she wanted to go up the stairs, the toad man was blocking her way and she bit him. It's like, get, get yeah. out of my way. <laughs> so that was another just instance of people biting human uh-huh. flesh. <laughs> As a weapon, too, in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, using their teeth, biting their hands and stuff. Yeah, I think at its core, this movie is just trying to say, stop eating meat. Why are you still eating meat? We don't need to be doing that anymore. But we're not saying that we we eat meat in this house I like but like we get it we 100% understand we do not feel morally superior no. about the fact that we're meat eaters not <laughs> I at don't all. I, I'm ashamed that I still eat meat I totally get why people would shame me for that I understand it would be like if I was still fucking wearing mm-hmm. fur I get it I I blame my parents like I was raised <laughs> on meat I and I don't I want my kid to have that choice like I don't want my kid to Mm-hmm. be raised with that either but like at the same time I also don't want to take that away from my child I, I want the synthetic meat stuff the impossible meat like I want them to, <laughs> to get better and better and better at to, that to the point where it tastes legit like yes, meat but uh-huh. you have none of the guilt yes that uh-huh. is what I, would love I want that. <laughs> right now it's All super expensive and it's not too guilt. good yeah uh-huh. uh, anyway like I've had vegan bacon before and that was actually surprisingly good I've Lots of vegan uh-huh. things that I thought were very good, but I've also had a few vegan things that were god awful. Yes, it's like I don't know how you can get excited about this every meal of every day. <laughs> you can say that vegan food is like regular food, and that the more expensive the place is, the better it's going to be. The less expensive it is, the not so good it's going to be. But here's the problem: none of us were raised on vegan food, mm-hmm. so shitty normal food. We all are used to that. We're uh-huh. not used to the shitty vegan food. And it's like, oh, I don't want this. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to eat shitty food, I'd at least like it to taste Expe- good. Yeah, exactly. You have certain expectations. But even though these people, they're, you know, it's a happy ending for this for this couple. Uh, she was already not eating meat. So I and he was already not eating meat. They were both not meat eaters. So they're fine with whatever rations that they get. It, they haven't solved like any sort of crises around nothing the world. Has Not, been yeah, solved. nothing was resolved. I think, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, yeah, the underground people actually succeed in taking the corn. Yes, they did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so now I'm starting to wonder. I'm like, okay, that batch is gone. What are these people in the apartment gonna live? On? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think this movie. I think this movie is saying things, but I don't think it's preaching at all. Right. I think no, it's just no, kind no, no. of like, here's some thoughts, but it's just a silly movie. Right. So, what do you guys think that this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh. God, I'm horrible at guessing this stuff. I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my mind. I say 83. Kels? I think I know. know. What do you think it is? Isn't it 89? It is 89. I'm surprised I was even moderately close. (laughs) The Rotten Tomatoes consensus review says director Jean-Pierre Genet uh, and Mark Caro. So, like, don't forget, it was written by three people and directed by two people. Uh, deftly combines horror, sci-fi, and humor in Delicatessen, a morbid comedy set in a visually ravishing futuristic dystopia. See how they pulled out sci-fi and futuristic? I like, mean, I mean, the only thing, like you said, is 
is when. That would be the only thing that was futuristic. But uh-huh. sci-fi is a stretch. I mean, unless we got confirmation of this mist, but we really didn't. Right. But it has like, there's the bullshit detector, but everything yeah. feels like retro futuristic in a way. Uh, like, so if you're going to go for sci-fi, that's the kind of sci-fi that it is. It's not like there aren't, there aren't lasers or, you know, teleportation Where's machines. Well, there's also people living underground and shit. Right, but they're like covered that. in trash bags and gloves. Yeah. Like that's, but it has a Metacritic average score of 66. So, do you think this movie is overrated or underrated first? Oh, at 89? Um, I think just from so I gave it like an 8.5. So that's pretty darn close to like my rating, like an 85 or something. So it like if in the context of my score and the 89 ever so slightly overrated, if you will. So you would give it an 85? I would give it an 85. Yeah, that whopping 4% makes a huge difference, okay? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Kelsey? Pretty much the same. I was going to give it an 84. Mm-hmm. Just slightly overrated. Although I'm sitting here and I'm I'm trying to wrap my mind around what it is that is pulling the score down. And I think that what's pulling the score down is like we said, it is not a complete story. It is there are it's not interested in being a complete story, but at the same time, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And as an American audience, you know, that's like we said about that guy, the director, <laughs> I didn't get the concept of the movie. Yeah. Like, where's the story? You know, like, I understand that that's an American thing that I, I require. And when I watch these movies, like, I'm perfectly happy to say we don't need that here. Yeah. But when I'm going to give it a score and I'm and I'm putting it against movies that did do that. You're like, I do need that in order to bump To it give up. it up to yeah. that, to the yeah, high, exactly. high scores. Yeah. I, I'd say the biggest problem this movie has is that it is, it is charming as fuck most of the time. And I'm a big, like, you know, Monty Python, like, European sort of humor from the 60s and 70s sort of like that's what this sort of feels like like the crimson permanent assurance if you guys don't know what that is it's the intro segment to uh meaning of life it's a little short about these boring office people that uh become pirates and they sail around their office building throughout all these skyscrapers like it's a ship on the ocean and they ransack these other office buildings and it's very weird and bizarre and silly and charming and dark and grimy, uh, which I'm fine with all of that. But then at, at the end, when they start chasing after them, all that sort of subtlety and charm just, okay, we're done with that now. And it's just going to, you know, we'll get little moments like with the undressing and that it's just everything's going to fall apart now. The floor is going to fall out from under, you know, like things just aren't as tight in the end here. And I will say, give you a little bit of an intro. It is very similar to how I felt about Fresh. The next movie we're going to talk about, where at the end, everything that I really, really like about the movie kind of goes to the wayside so we can have an action packed resolution to the conflict. And. I feel like, no, you could have kept that charm going. You could have finished with a big bang. And they do finish with a charming moment of them on the roof. But 
if I could have had that thread go through the whole movie, I think I probably would have liked it a little bit more. That said, it's very, very good. Like, it's really, really good. If you want a weird, romantic, off-the-wall, horror, kind of dystopia, like, if any of this sounds appealing to you, you should watch Delicatessen. It's very, very good. I'll give it an 87. So, that is 1991's Delicatessen. Let's move right into our next film, 2022's Fresh, written by Lauren Kahn and directed by Mimi Cave, starring Daisy Edgar-Jones, Sebastian Stan, and Jojo T. Gibbs. What, Amanda, is Fresh about? Oh, man. Okay, so it is about the main heroine's name is Noah. Mm -hmm. She's kind of down on her luck in her dating life situation. So when she meets... Sebastian Stan's character, Steve? Steve, or Sebastian Stan the man, as I just like to call him. Uh, the Winter Soldier. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She's immediately smitten with him. They have a Who wouldn't be? I mean, come on. He's charming as fuck. He's charming. <laughs> but yes, she's smitten by him, and they start getting to know one another, and let's just say things start to unfold and he has a very unique taste. <laughs> <laughs> well said. The movie is available on Hulu because they bought it after it premiered at um, was it was it at Sundance? Was yeah, I, th I think so. Uh huh. Yeah. I think it did pretty well there, and so Hulu bought it there. Uh, so that's where you're going to have to watch it if you want to watch it. Should people watch Fresh? Oh. Hells yes, it is all I can concisely say. It is very similar to Delicatessen. It has such comedic beats, mm -hmm. and the chemistry between the two leads is <laughs> yeah is amazing. I mean, once again, I'm supremely biased. It's Sebastian Stan. Well, I would <laughs> I would argue that the that the chemistry between all the characters oh, yes. is just extremely good. <laughs> Noah and her best friend Molly, Molly. are mm -hmm. so natural together, mm -hmm. even when they're on the phone, when they're mm -hmm. in person. Molly and her, I guess, ex, the bartender guy, right. they're extremely natural together in the one scene that they get. Like, mm -hmm. everyone, I think, does a really good job of seeming real. Yes. Despite yes. the fact that there's something weird going on underneath exactly. the surface. Yes. Which starts the movie off perfectly because it is the most realistic situation to a bad date that yes. I'm pretty sure any girl can relate to. It is literally <laughs> something I have said over and over and over to my friends, like my biggest fear of what's going to happen. Exactly. So if delicatessen is a metaphor for the consumption of meat, right? This is not so direct a relation to cannibalism. This is more about dating in the modern world and treating people like meat. That's its tie to cannibalism. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely watch this movie. I really, re they were 100% right, these ladies. I, I really did enjoy this movie. It was very good. You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2022's Fresh. The women in our parents' generation, they just... They were more into femininity. You know what I mean? Mm. 
Because I think you would just look great in a dress. You but I mean, okay? if you were pretty much done, actually, thank you. If it's cool, I'm just gonna snag these leftovers. I don't know how you do it, Molly. Do what? Dating people. No, no. You do not need a man, okay? So don't play the games. Just be you straight out the gate. Do you live around here? Because I, I live on aisle six. Oh, it was terrible. It was kind of terrible. What's his Instagram? I want to stalk a little bit. He doesn't have one. Say what? Yeah. Oh, no. See, that's, that's shady. Let's play a game. Tell me something you don't want me to know. I hate this. Okay. <laughs> Put all our hopes of finding happiness through someone else. Yeah. Girl, you are all digmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. What's going on? I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. No, this isn't happening. Yeah, it's happening. No games. Know what you wanted? It's about giving. Giving yourself over to somebody. Becoming one forever. That's love. Forget this. It's a straight girl's fantasy come true, right? Okay, Amanda, get us started. How does Fresh begin? Well, it starts off with the main character, Noah, in her car. She's kind of priming herself up to go on a date. And she's just been told and or reminded that it's cash only. So she's already kind of fed up that, oh... He's expecting me to pay. Uh And she calls her good friend, Molly. And she's like, you know, just go. She goes through this whole story saying, oh, it'll be a fun story out of it if all goes to hell. So it just opens off with her going to see this guy who's extremely uppity and pretentious and has so many ideas about her clothes and her lack of femininity, shall we say. Can I just say, (laughs) I have to point out, trope broken. She's on the phone. You know, I mentioned that they're very natural, the way they talk and everything, Mm -hmm. which is really saying something for Daisy Edgar Jones, who is British. Mm -hmm. And so she does an American accent in this. And if you didn't know that, you wouldn't know she was British. You know, she was in War of the Worlds, and it was a British production, I think. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) But they say goodbye to each other at the end of the phone call. Trope. Broken. And in a very fun way that I would ap- absolutely do. You know, the bye. Call me after. Love you. Okay, I love you more. Bye. 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 Oh, I do bye. that all the time. My brother and I annoyingly do that. We go, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> so I was, I was ve- like, right away, I was like, oh, this feels you very feel real. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, yes, let's talk about this date she goes on with. By the way, Chad no, is his maybe name. Maybe Chad is his. Well, no, but we no. do find out in this date that his it name is Chad. Chad. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what, what do we what do we get on this date? Chad is a scarf wearer with a what was it? Just a t shirt or a sweater? Oh uh, yeah. So he has which, a coat, but he takes the coat red, off and he's just wearing a t shirt. T shirt and the scarf. And a scarf, still, which immediately sets uh, the tone. <laughs> and this is like terrible. a cheap restaurant. And yeah. Yeah, so it's not a great first date, and she ends it quickly, and then he still expects a kiss at the end of the date, and when she turns him down, 
he is an asshole, which yeah. is very, very he calls real. her a bitch. Yeah. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, look, Chad. Um, yeah. I, oh, I, oh, <laughs> I, I don't think we're really a match. You know. Wow. I was literally just being polite. I, you're not even my type, to be honest. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. Good luck finding a guy, you stuck-up bitch. Um. Fuck. Yeah, like, like a big hypocrite, too, because they, they go out of their way to point out all the ways that he's not, like, you know, fulfilling societal norms when it comes to men, which, you know, there are... I can understand why somebody might say something to the effect of, well, isn't that reinforcing gender roles that he needs to pay for the date and he needs to hold the door open but it's 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 almost like he's he's just being rude and also he's expecting that of her exactly which doesn't make it fair i have written down here yeah. he's a hypocrite at yeah. that because he talks about how women were really at their best yes. in in their parents generation mm-hmm. like you would be you would look really good in like a, a dress. dress or a skirt but I mean, you look fine in your oversized sweater, sweater yeah, like in a snide uh-huh. kind of way. But also, like, you can tell that she's not into this date. You can because of the way that she's presenting herself. It's not like, oh, she has a role to fill and she's not fulfilling it, and that means she's a bad woman. It it, it just shows that she's not actually that invested in this date. Is what which that we means. know because she does yes. look nice when yes. she goes on the date with Sebastian Stan. Yes, uh huh. His name is Chad Lowell. I wrote, <laughs> <laughs> and then they talk about the date, Molly and and Noah, and again, very natural as friends. They're just sitting down eating. I think outside. Well, but they also go to their boxing class. Oh, that that one. That one's first. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you do forget the the scene. I mean, I don't know how important it is, but you you know, it kind of sets the tone for the horror element of it. While she's going back to her car, she thinks she's being followed. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And, and you know, she's like, "Oh, silly me," which once again, you know, mm-hmm. oh, a person following in a dark alley. Oh, charming guy you meet. It's just like the setting you wouldn't expect. Yeah, it's it ends up being a guy carrying his baby in a baby Bjorn or whatever. But it just goes to show the stuff that women have to go. We've talked about this in the Mm -hmm. past, walking alone through a dark alley at night. You have your keys in your hand. Yep. I do do that. (laughs) Right. Which is a thing that it doesn't matter what gender roles are, it's still a thing that women have to deal with. You go for the neck, the jugular. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which they do. And it's going that is going to come back later. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, then she goes to the supermarket uh, where she runs into Steve, Sebastian Stan, who Mm -hmm. tries the worst pickup line in the world. Have you tried this? Oh, so, so classic. Like cotton cotton candy candy grapes. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even know. Is that an actual thing? It's a real thing. Oh, my God. I've never had one, but I've heard of them. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, yes, they They do do taste taste just like like cotton candy. candy. And as our main character finds out, because he asks her to try some to prove he's not crazy, 
They do taste like cotton candy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and when he asks for her number, there's a wide shot, and I didn't even notice. <gasps> as this. soon as Chris, Chris mentioned said it, it, I'm so glad he did. There, it, you see it in the corner, and it's quite a big sign. And it's right over that her head. Says fresh meat. It's almost perfectly <laughs> queuing up because yeah, Kelsey and I completely mm-hmm. missed that, and I would have missed it again because I was so focused on um, the yeah. conversation. on their conversation. And he is very, very charming. He's going to see his sister and 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 her kids and he's like i've tried to talk to them about this and i want to tell them about i met somebody who's tried it and said that they're wonderful so can i get your number to prove that you're a real person i won't call or text you you know like it's very cute yeah, you would assume meaning a random stranger in a grocery store uh-huh. of all places would come off as creepy, but somehow but it's also, Steve makes it work. <laughs> it, it, it's contrasted against her constantly going through this dating app and constantly swiping left on everybody. And that's what dating is today versus what it used to be where you would just meet somebody randomly at a location like the grocery store. Or if you really wanted to put yourself out there, you'd go to a bar, you know? Which she immediately comments on. She says, I didn't think people met in real life anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, people meet in the wild? That's a thing? <laughs> yeah. So, so they go on a date. Go on a date, yeah. And she, she does sort of dress, dress up, up nice, mm-hmm. does her makeup, does her hair, which they pointed out she didn't yeah. do in the first date. Mm-hmm. And when she goes, she asks for a Manhattan with lots of cherries, and the bartender brings her lots of cherries, and they don't make it clear at all like, is he flirting that with they her know each bit? other. Right. And that is important because it's important that Steve doesn't Steve know, doesn't yeah, know uh-huh. that she is exactly. seeing someone she recognizes. Right so now. think about this. You might see somebody in their work setting or something else that you know through somebody else and you two aren't really friends. So you might talk to each other. You know, but you don't point out, oh, hey, you know, I know you, you're in, explain that situation all over again. But yes, it turns out that this bartender actually dated her friend Molly for a while. Who is a lesbian? So She's I at mean, least bisexual, yeah, but they, she is dating women now. Mm-hmm, yes. Yes. They, they don't, I mean, it doesn't need to be very clear. But she says, oh, yeah, I'm currently into women, but then he was an ex. So yeah, yeah uh-huh. you just assume. During this conversation, he is going to find out that she doesn't have any family, mm-hmm. so she's the perfect of candidate. Of course she yes. doesn't. And uh-huh. they even cheers to their mutual dead parents right. to really ring it in. Uh-huh. Like one parent is dead and then yeah. she the doesn't know. The other one they don't talk the, to. Yeah, yeah. uh-huh. I want to say during this date, this is the first time where I really, really, like we talked about the fresh meats thing. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where I really felt like they at least had more than one thought in their heads about where they put the camera, right? And what they did with their shot. I think the cinematography in this movie is actually very, very good. There's one shot in particular that I was like, what is it about this shot that feels off? And what it is, is they're sitting sort of side by side on one side of a table and the camera's on the other side. But they're not like really close to each other. They're sort of turned towards each other on the same bench seat. And there is a mirror behind them. And the way the shot is framed... You see him on the left side, and you see her reflection in the mirror on the right side. You don't see her. So that allows them to be close together and both in the shot, a shot which is very close and implies intimacy, right, without having to put them both physically in the shot, which would have required the camera to be further back. And so... 
just they they thought about these things when they actually filmed it. And I really appreciate that. Later on, when they go back to her place and they're like sloppy a little bit, you know, so is the camera. The camera is now off a tripod or whatever. It's not on a rail. It's handheld and it sort of like circles around them a little bit. It's a little bit wobbly like they are. And so they're doing things with the camera that are smart, that you know they thought about it and they're not just filming it like it's a Judd Apatow comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, I thought it was getting a little too ahead of itself. There were some shots here in this particular scene where they're at their date that I thought were a little too artsy for art's sake. I can I can yeah. see that. Like, oh, this would be a cool yeah. shot, so that's why they exactly. Do it. Like, yeah. I liked the close up of like the lips, the eyes between the two. But at a certain point, I was like, oh yeah, three or four shots of that would have loved it. It went on for uh-huh. just a little too long, but so I appreciated it. Yeah. But over the course of this mm-hmm. date, as they get closer and closer to the each other, get, the shots yes. get closer yeah, and closer. So it is. It does match up. The cuts are a little bit weird mm-hmm. sometimes. I will say that I wasn't a big fan. Like I. I didn't think about the cuts too often. There are a few really good sort of transitions between shots, but what really stood out was when the cuts weren't good. And I don't know if that's just in the editing or if it was planned that way and it just didn't execute in a way that satisfied me. Well, for example, there was one that was a really close-up shot of her face. Oh, yes. And that's And then yes. it immediately just was all of a sudden her whole face. And you were like, what was that yeah, cut? Yeah, it's this weird sort of jump Starring. cut. Yeah. That's where I wrote this note down in particular, actually. So, yeah, good call. So she takes him back to her place. Yes. She asks him, can I get you anything to drink or eat? And he says, just you. Mm-hmm. If only you knew how literal that statement was. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, uh, can I get you something to like drink or eat? No, just, just you. But they end up having sex mm-hmm. and he stays the night. And in the morning, she takes a picture of him while he is asleep. But his, no. like, face is in the pillow, so it's not a great picture of no, him. No, but it's kind of like, you know, the, the kind of, sem- as as Molly, her friend, said, oh, I, you you pulling in your inner creeper. <laughs> yeah, she also uses a term here, dignitized, I think. Dickmatized. Dickmatized, yes. Uh-huh. She's been dickmatized by him. <laughs> I haven't even seen him. And that's when she shows her yeah. the picture. Uh-huh. Girl, you all dickmatized and I haven't even seen this dude. Oh, shit, I totally forgot. Hold on. Sending you a picture of him. I mean, he looks cute, but I can barely even tell, you creep. Um, he's ridiculously cute. But so she, yeah, she calls her friend to tell her about it. And she goes, by the way, our bartender was Paul, your ex. Yes. She goes, oh, really? Yeah. And that's going to be very important. Well, you think it's going to be really important. important. But it came up very naturally, yes. I thought. Like, that's, some, that's a conversation yeah. they would be having, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if we've mentioned, but Steve, he mentions on their date, is a plastic surgeon. Yes. yes. So he does a lot of butt lifts and boob jobs uh-huh. in particular. But yes. he also he also ropes her in emotionally when he talks about this kid who was a burn victim. Oh, and I, yes. so I also get to help them out too, mm-hmm. you know. I just, I work in reconstructive surgery. You mean um, plastic surgery? Yep, that's the one. Right. It's, there's okay. only one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not all nose jobs. No, no, of course. You've got, you know. Boob jobs. Boob jobs. You've got your butt lifts. Implants. 
face lifts. lifts. Yeah. But you know, once in a while I get to help somebody, which is nice. There was this kid the other day who came in, um, had an accident, and he was badly burned. So there's that, too. I, I was just go. kidding. Sorry. Thank you. That is amazing. <laughs> Don't worry. But yes, he is a plastic surgeon, which, uh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that plays into. But they, they go on a series of dates. They go on a second date. Uh-huh. Yes. And on the second date, he claims that he doesn't eat animals, which I thought was a weird right. thing. To yeah, say. he doesn't say he doesn't eat meat. He says he doesn't eat animals. animals. Yes. And he asks, have you told anyone about me? And then when she mentions just my friend Molly later on, a couple minutes later, a couple seconds later, tell me more about Molly. And I love Chris's initial reaction. He's like, he's writing down who he needs to kill. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. 100%. Yes. They have their first dance scene here. Yeah. Which is going to come back later. It's not the one I was talking about before. I think this first one is cute, right? We don't yeah. have any issues with this first no, one. It's just, you know, your regular awkward, you know. Yeah, oh, I'm we start with a sway. That's just the two, two step. step. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, it'll it get is, bigger it later. It's really yeah. cute. Yeah. yeah. So he asks her to go away with him for the weekend, which girls, come on. And, and Molly the, right away is like, up. Oh, this sounds sketchy to exactly, me. Exactly, because the destination is, get this, a surprise. And Molly's flags go way up. What did I tell you guys when we were get watching? the Find a Friend app. Yes, <laughs> which I was like, oh my God, why wouldn't you do this? But Molly, the one who's really super suspicious, later on, she will use that tactic. So it's not like the movie's just ignoring that. If you're smart, one of those things you have to do, if you don't know where you're going or you're going to his house for the first time or whatever, and you're not certain about him, turn on the find a friend feature and and send it to a friend you trust. I need to make sure I actually have that on my phone. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had to use it. Let's hope I never need to. Yeah, and that's when she sends the picture and is like, this is what he looks like. This is the guy. His name is Steve. And she's like, well, what's his Instagram? And she's like, well, he doesn't have one. Which immediately she says, that's sketchy. And I know what she actually means is that he doesn't have any Any social social media. media. But the fact that they focus on Instagram, Instagram. I was like, I don't have an Instagram. Yeah. But she asked if he has a Twitter and he says, no, does anyone said anything smart on Twitter? I only got Twitter, honestly, so I could follow convention updates for Uh disclosure. I just, because it got so important. That's how news, you got Uh the immediate updates. So I I get where Kelsey's saying, like, no Twitter, no Instagram. But like, if you don't completely have a Facebook or or just on not on any kind of social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little little sketch. Little sketch. He ends up telling her that they're going to go to Cottage Grove, but he has things to do, so can we go back to my house well, first? Traffic is going to be bad tonight anyway. Why don't we just go back to my place? We'll sleep there and then we'll go in the morning. And she tells Molly about this, right? Does she? She tries to text Molly, but of course he tells her the destination as soon as they're out of service Uh area. Yep. So they go to his house and it's this really impressive thing because remember, he's a plastic surgeon and he fixes her an old fashioned with extra cherries, he says it's going to have. But it also has tangerine in it, which nectarine. is... Nectarine. Nectarine, that's what it is. He forces her to guess. And she makes a comment about how he's all fancy cocktails and she's eats pancakes out of a bag. Your, uh, your house is intimidating. You're all like, you know, fancy cocktails. And I'm like, pancakes out of a bag. 
Uh, did that sound weird to you guys? No, I think she said she was perplexed by him saying, oh, you have like this nice house and you have fancy cocktails, but you also eat pancakes out of the No, she no, said she, no, she does. does. She does. She does. Oh. Which I think, I don't know. She means frozen ones. I. But that's out of a box. Why would you say bag? Well, they come in a bag. You take the bag out and it's I, pancakes. Yeah, but you don't say you eat, like eating cereal out of a bag is, you're talking about a specific type of cereal. I know. I, I thought it was a weird way to say it, but that's all I thought you I, meant. The first thing I thought of was a Kyle Kinane bit about how he's on a plane and the guy he's sitting next to opens up a footlocker bag and just starts pulling out silver dollar pancakes and dropping them into his mouth. And I'm like. Is she making a reference to a stand-up comic bit? I was on a flight going from Denver to Chicago, and halfway through my flight, midair, 35,000 feet, guy sitting next to me starts eating pancakes out of a bag. <laughs> Not like a Ziploc bag with like a little seal and like a, hey, I meant to do this vibe. Like a bag from the store. Not a store that sold pancakes. <laughs> See, I'm saying like a Foot Locker bag. <laughs> they get me, they're just loose. They're just loose in there. They're like bingo balls, just loose. I don't know. It was very I know, specific. I don't know if it was that deep, but then again. It's possible. I misinterpreted this. Maybe the writer is friends with the guy <laughs> yeah. or something. Or that's their favorite comedian. Who knows? I don't know. Well, yeah. But... They get to his place, and he gives her the drink, and she's immediately knocked out. And we get late title card, 30 minutes into yes. the movie. <laughs> Love it. Love a good, well-executed late title card. Yeah. So she wakes up, and she's like, what happened? And he's just like, I drugged you. He's and she's like, what? And she realizes that she's chained to the floor. Mm-hmm. She starts panicking, yeah. and it's like, okay, so this is the moment where I was like, okay, movie, how are you going to pull this off? Because right. I really like Noah. Yeah. She has become very endearing, mm-hmm. and is this going to be a movie where we're going to have to build this relationship between these two people as he continues to cut body parts off of her? Right. Like, how are you going to pull this off without upsetting me? Mm-hmm. And they do. Mm-hmm. Strangely, because for the most you don't part. get much of her being taken apart. Yes, exactly. uh-huh. the people that get taken apart are ones that you don't really care really about, really mean or that know. much. Yeah. yeah, you're not as invested. invested. In. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but I think that's part of the movie's point. A little yeah. bit is like, you know, you should care about these other people. You know, despite the fact that you didn't meet them, you don't know their story. Mm-hmm. But he explains, "I'm going to sell your meat, your hair, your." Your clothes, weird shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep you alive. The fresher the meat, the better. better. So mm-hmm. as long as you don't give me any reason to kill you, I won't. And At least not at yet. Least not yeah. yet. Uh-huh. Exactly. You will die eventually. You will die eventually, but slowly. Uh-huh. As piece by piece. Keep you piece. alive as long as possible. <laughs> but yeah. he's like, I'm going to keep you as, I'm going to try, I'm a really good cook. Like, I'm going to keep yeah. you happy. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I'm going to be so good to you as I saw off your hands, your feet. Uh-huh. Well, he doesn't, but that is the concept. It's like, I'm going to treat you like the prince, queen that you are uh-huh. while I'm getting what I need from you. <laughs> yes. And he gets her to stop crying yeah, he and then he just walks away. And just leaves, mm-hmm. yeah. So this is when 
Molly starts freaking out and sending her messages, where are you? And immediately she gets messages, I'm in Cottage Grove, here's a picture. And she's like, okay, but it's weird. Yeah, Uh because it's a stock photo. Uh, She can't get a hold of her. (laughs) Yeah, she'll find out by Google image search. Like, people, come on, have you seen Catfish? (laughs) Do a Google image search. Yes. For the love of God. (laughs) Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it was pretty dumb on his part to just go with the first. Yeah, like he could have gone to Cottage Grove and taken a real picture. Yeah, my first instinct was there's going to be metadata associated with that photo. So if you took that photo two years ago or something like that, the police would be able to find that out because the metadata travels with the image. But they don't even get to that point. No, she is able to Google it and sees that it's a stock photo from a website advertising Cottage Grove. While she is in prison, she is going to meet Penny, mm-hmm. who she Ooh. only meets through the via wall. the voice. And so initially, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get blindsided by this. Is this even real? For I actually thought Penny was in on it right. with Steve at first. I wrote, I wonder if I, that's part of the manipulation. When, yeah, when I initially saw, it, I was like, oh, this is all a way to control her, even when he's not there. When I found out he was married later on, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, is that his wife? I didn't even. My brain didn't. Go my down brain, these my thoughts. brain went there when the first time I saw it. My brain went like, there because mm-hmm. probably because of V for Vendetta. There's a similar sort of scene where he's like gaslighting her Mm -hmm. and the woman that she's communicating with is already long dead Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know that. She finds out after the fact. I see. I don't really remember that even though I saw it in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) V is not a great man. But so her name is Penny and she explains, I have no idea how long I've been here. Mm You're thinking that, like, she's missing, like, tons of limbs. But when we finally see her, she's only missing a leg? Yeah. Uh-huh. She might have taken her, her, her breasts, her, her, boobs, her butt. Her ass, yeah. Something yeah. visually you couldn't see. All the meaty bits, if you There's one scene we'll get later where we get an aerial shot going from Noah's room that she's locked in. And it goes over to Penny's. And we right. see an aerial view of her also tied and, and I could have sworn she was missing I, I, an arm. I think the she way had her arms it, like up. Yeah, tied the to way the thing. it looked, yeah. one of her arms did appear to be missing, but it could have just been the aerial view yeah, that uh-huh. we got. Just her leg is missing. Right. At this point. Yeah, one leg. There's one other girl in there, Melissa, but mm-hmm. all she does is sing. She's, She's already lost gone her mind. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. After that scene and after Molly looks up the picture and realizes that it's all fake, we get an epic scene. God, it's so beautiful. It's like my favorite scene of the entire- The ladies were very excited about this scene. So basically, it is Steve's character packing human flesh to the background of Obsession. It is absolute perfection. He's packing the bags, he's dancing to it. It's all, it is so funny, but it's such a, like what he's doing is so macabre, but you can't help but laugh because it's Sebastian Stan and he's doing it so seamlessly. So yeah, here's a question (laughs) for all the ladies out there, for you ladies right here, for all the gay men out there and all the bisexual folks or whatever. Straight up front. (laughs) Is there anything sexier than a man that can cook and cook well? And then is so good at it, he's able to dance and sing to the song Obsession while he does it. He's enjoying it. How sexy is that? It's very Very sexy. sexy. But he's slamming like a human leg on the table. He was literally using a meat pounder. Uh Even as he's doing that to human flesh, I was like, yes. 
<laughs> he is so charming. Yes. He does an excellent job. And it was very disappointing. When we saw it in theaters, the music yeah, I, came on booming. Yeah. It was so loud. And, like, it felt almost like they cut something out. Like, it just, yeah, it I, didn't have the impact. Yeah, I do feel the song was louder and and stronger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just the audio of being in a theater. Yeah. But it, like Kelsey was saying, it really hit you. You're like, damn, this song. Yeah. And then you actually see the scene play out and it just gets better and better. One thing that I think the movie does really, really well is that you know now that he is a fucking villain, exactly. right? And then he still tries to put on the charm and you mm-hmm. at first sort of reject it. But somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, no, he, but he really is charming, right? Yeah. And the movie's, I think, trying to point out to you, all the women, like, is this relatable? And everyone in the audience, like, be aware of this. Don't fall for a guy because he's charming. Don't overlook his faults because he's a sweet talker. And he's yeah. good looking. Yes. The uh-huh. good looking charmers, as we've known, are usually the psychopaths. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's a sweet talking guy. Yeah. Oh, and he's from Texas, right? Did we mean But he doesn't have an accent. I know, but he just mentions he's from Texas. Her first attempt at escape is when she asks to take a shower. Yes. And I thought this was a weird thing. You guys can tell me if you okay. saw this too. She convinces him to let her take a shower. He's like, all right, if you're going to be good. And she's she's walking through the house. She's trying to figure out all the ins and outs. She's getting the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. Which I remember thinking this at the time. And when I saw it again, I was like, ooh, good plan, good plan. And you can tell the actress does a good job at showing you she's getting ready to go. And... I thought it was right after she saw, like, a spot of blood on the wall. Yes. She did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is that not a warning sign? How are you not thinking, okay, this is not my moment. I should wait yeah, to assess obviously better. Obviously, somebody got hurt yeah. right Someone here. Someone was yeah. hurt uh-huh. here. I, I think it was a moment of panic. It was she a fight freaked, or flight clicked she, in. and She yeah. freaked out. She's actually seeing the blood. She's like, oh, I need to get the hell out now. Mm-hmm. She probably, you, pro- you like you said, she probably was just going to use that to get the visuals of the house, like get... Like scope things uh-huh. out to think about the a yeah. future attempt. If she does get yeah. out, where does she but, need to exactly. go? But as soon yeah. as she saw that, I think a part of her brain like switched gears uh-huh. and was like, "Nope." Gonna she tried go, to hit him and run away. Go right but now. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. No out plan. Poor, poor planning uh-huh. on her part. <laughs> so he takes action and takes her into his medical lab. And while he is working on her, a song is playing. And if you can hear the lyrics, it's saying, I don't want to lose you. I don't want you to walk away. <laughs> Literally. And Kelsey has a whole shindig on the walking It doesn't bit. make any sense. <laughs> because what he's going to do is he's going to take her ass meat. Yes. And that's like probably the first thing he could do that might disable her at least for a little bit, but without like seriously scarring her. Because again, he is a plastic surgeon. He knows how to do this well. He does exactly this on women who pay him for Mm -hmm. it, you know? Like, it's a thing that he does. 
but she does seem to recuperate. There's not a good sense of the time it takes yeah, her to recuperate. Yeah, you don't really know start how start walking long she's again. There, there are yeah. moments of she needs to lay it's on her stomach long. the whole time. It's she like has a blood week. in her underwear, yeah. but yeah, it's not that long oh, right. before she's she walking. Did. Molly again. does That's say I haven't heard from her for a week. Yeah, that was a short recovery period. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and she's able to walk, and I'm just like, I don't don't understand. Also, okay, I'll be the bad guy. I'll say this. Daisy Edgar Jones. She didn't have much of an ass to begin with. She's a skinny bitch, right? (laughs) She doesn't have much of an ass to, not to objectify her, because that's what the movie is doing. It is literally turning her into an object Mm -hmm. for consumption, right? Mm -hmm. But... They're talking about her like she has this voluptuous ass that's now going to be this yeah. great meal. And There's it's like, not, not really. They, I don't think he got much out of her. I'm yeah. going to be very mm-hmm. blunt about it. It's like when they wrote the movie, they had an idea in mind. And then they found a fantastic actress. Yeah. She just didn't fit physically the role very well. And they just said, eh, who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was. it's literally so funny. I just got off the phone speaking with my mom who saw it and loved it. And she's like... He didn't do a very good job of picking his victim if yeah, the goal uh-huh. was to sell off her meat. I'm right. Like, she's she's you pretty make skinny. make a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I think part of that feeds yeah. into the fact that he is actually attracted to her. He really right. does like her because mm-hmm. we'll find out later that it is abnormal mm-hmm. that he slept with her yes. first. And part of it also is he's selling the, their image as well. People... People are not just buying this to eat human meat. Oh, we didn't meat. say that. He is selling this meat. Yeah. And yes. when we said packaging, we meant kind a of, if you've ever seen like a blue apron package, that's what like he's doing. Yeah, uh-huh. And he's sealing off all the meat and putting it in a box with the with the ice packs. Yeah, and they even ship gives a picture people. of what they look like in uh-huh. an envelope. That's what I mean, is that people are not just doing that's this just right. to eat meat. Mm-hmm. They also... They it's know this idea it of I'm consuming this particular woman and they need to be attractive. So that's an excellent mm-hmm. point. How do you get that much meat off of women that are, according to society, mm-hmm. what is supposed to be attractive? Right. Right. Anyway, he tells her I'm taking your ass because you lost my trust. <laughs> Just I yeah. love it. He says it so matter-of-factly. <laughs> he says a lot of stuff matter-of-factly. Yeah, so as soon as it's revealed that he's a villain, he's like, I'm going to tell you. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you because one of the things we talked about when we went on our first date is how we hate all the date shit and all the posturing and all the lying. We just want to be perfectly straight with each other and that's what I'm going to do for you. What's going on, Steve? I'm going to tell you, but you're going to freak out. Only the things I'm going to be straight with you about are the fact yeah. that I'm going he to even chop says you up and eat you. You're not gonna like it. Yeah, but uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you. I'll be honest with you. You're gonna freak out, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Meanwhile, Molly tries to convince Paul, Paul, the bartender, the- to give her Steve's information because he had to have used a credit card, right? Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, even if I could, like, I could lose my job. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't. I, I could get fired. And she's just like. No one's going to believe me when I go to the cops and I say that my girlfriend has gone missing for a week, even though she's <laughs> texting me. Paul Paul does say, why not just go to the cops? She is a white lady, yeah, right? Yeah, I know. She's like, she's white, right? <laughs> yeah, but she does Molly have Molly makes texts. a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's like, still texting her. She's off with this right. guy she just started yeah, seeing. She's like, oh, yeah, she's fake texting me. I don't think it's really her. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Because she may be white, but she's still a woman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, 
Yes, then we're going to find out through Penny, a conversation with Penny across the wall, that it's weird that he slept with her. Mm-hmm. She says it's probably a compliment. She's like, I'm not slut-shaming you. I, yeah. think it, I think it's kind of a compliment. I can't believe I slept with him. Wait, you fucked him? I never did. I don't think any of the others did either. I'm I'm not slut-shaming you, by the way. Uh. I'd say it's a compliment. Noah starts to say, like, I can't believe I did this. And she goes, stop it. It's not your fault. It's always, it's always their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so fucking stupid. <laughs> no, you're not. <sighs> it is not our fault, Noah. <laughs> it's always theirs. Which is a, a very important lesson that yeah. no one ever pays attention to. Well, because not only like victim blaming, because she says, I'm not victim blaming you, yeah. you know, or whatever, uh, but victims blaming themselves. Like if you're a woman and something happens to you, yes, you should try to be as prepared and as ready and protect yourself as much as possible. But if something happens to you, if somebody does something to you, that is not your fault because you weren't protecting yourself. It is their fault for doing that to you. That's the point that the movie's trying to make. And it's a good one. We find out through Molly, who does some digging, uh, because Paul decides to give her the, the information. He gives her his full name, which is not Steve. Steven is his Brendan middle name. Brendan, Brendan Steven. Steve. Yeah, uh-huh. Kemp. Yeah. Brendan Stephen Kemp. So she which uses that. BS. Oh, you think that is even a No, that's name. his BS. Brendan oh! Stephen. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> BS gotcha. meter's going off. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> But she finds out that he is married with children. Because yep. even though he doesn't have social media, his wifey does. Yes. <laughs> no, uh-huh. he does. It's just that it's under the name Brendan. Oh, right. Or was, I thought but it was on, under But it's Ann just Kemp. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, she also didn't know Kemp yeah. was his last yeah. name. Yeah. But yeah, it is Facebook. It's not mm-hmm. Instagram. And so she's going to go to the house to see if she can Which find this guy. Which just seems like the dumbest decision like well, at first I just, it's just to scope things out she just goes there and looks at the house to see does he come home where is he you know yeah except that it devolves very very quickly she does not take the time to come up with a plan or to have backup but, or but what does she do she texts paul a link to her find a friend so he can always find her and she literally says what in case shit goes down yeah, or something uh-huh. like that Just in case. She doesn't see him come home. She does see Anne come home, though. Before we can see what happens with that, back to Noah in the dungeon. Oh, my God. She goes to use the bathroom. And we see see her bandages. And I'm like, I didn't need to know. Uh Didn't need to see that. But it is a horror movie. And there are things that make you. Her butt's not there anymore. Yes. That's why she squats. Is she? She's not even squatting. She's just standing <laughs> over the toilet. Oh! But as she's sitting on the toilet, she sees him carry Penny by. Right. Yeah. So again, implying that he's taking more of her. I guess maybe he takes the leg off in sections. But it already yeah, like looked like she was missing the, the thigh? leg. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Because she's not going to be missing anything. Or else no? Does later. he take Melissa? 
No, because I, it's Penny. When Penny comes back, that's yeah, when she's Noah. She's very quiet. Noah's yeah. going to be like, are you okay? And she's yeah. like, I don't even know anymore. But he could be taking her breast meat or her ass meat. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And before she Petty comes back, we also see that she is getting magazines from Steve, and there yes. is a note in the magazine. Now, here's my problem with that. Okay. Where'd she get the pen from? Where did Sammy get the pen from? So there's a note in the magazine that, that says- something I didn't consider. If you're reading this, it means, means he, he likes, likes you. you. Use, Use it. it. Keep fucking fighting. Sending strength. Sammy, Sammy Akbari. Akbari. Mm-hmm. And we will see a picture of her later. But she's already dead. Yes. I was thinking, is this more manipulation? Possibly. Or is this the wife who's also... I thought it was the wife. I thought... When I when we first saw it, I was like, "That's the wife. That's how this happens. That's the progression." But you no. know that would have worked in nicely. Yes, actually, it had they done that. Yes, now, it would have. Now I'm thinking on it. Yeah, because that already showed that he liked Sammy. Hence why he gave her the magazine. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so he'll come in and he'll give her a drink with extra cherries and he'll like want to talk to her like like oh, he's coming home to talk day. to his wife. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Noah is not very responsive until she sees that note that message, and then she realizes, like, okay, I can do this. It's sort of like I'm going to start being kind with the knowledge that I don't mean it and I'm going to stick to that so I don't fall into Stockholm Syndrome, right. which happens in a very similar way. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you have to do, do. to extend your life mm-hmm. and give yourself as many chances, but eventually you stop even looking for those chances. You, it just becomes your, your new life. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she needs to go in, So she needs to go into it with her eyes wide open, knowing that this is just a tactic and I'm going to stay strong because Sammy told me to. This is when we're going to get the conversation between Molly and the wife. Yes, so Molly's going to go to the front door and talk to the wife, who's very like, do I know you? Are are you selling something? Mm -hmm. She's like, no, but I think your husband is dating my friend? Yeah, like, why would you lead with that in order to get into the door? I just thought she could use literally anything else to get in, then pose that question. Because she's in. But, of course, the wife. Like, yeah. The, anyway. The wife is very, like, so she saw the picture. She showed her the picture. She's like, I don't even know that that's necessarily my husband. She's, like, trying to shut this line of inquiry down. And she yeah. keeps trying to push her out. out and that's yeah. very out. important. Yes. For what happens at the end. Yes. Because she's going to be like, oh, that's my husband. Because the door opens. You need to get out of here right now. You need yes. to leave. And she says, you need to leave. And then to her husband, she says... He asks, who's this? She says, don't worry about it. She's leaving. Uh-huh. Literally, she didn't even want to lead on to Brendan slash Steve that this is Molly. Yes. The, uh-huh. Noah's friend. Yeah. And she, so mm-hmm. she asks him, you know, do you know Noah? And he's like, no, I don't know the name or whatever. But and inside his brain, he's like, okay, oh, this she is the friend. A, this yeah. is the friend. Mm-hmm. And as he's walking her to the door, she call, Molly calls, calls Noah. Noah's cell phone. And the thank you for being, being a, friend, a friend, the Golden Girls theme song, which is mwah, <laughs> plays. Thank you for being a friend. Because he had her phone on him. Now, yeah. 
What are the odds that he would be carrying her phone with and him? having it on full blast? Yeah, where you would hear it. Why wouldn't you turn that we on know, silent or vibrate the first chance you got? Like I know he is texting her regularly, mm-hmm. but like we know he keeps all their phones in a single place. In, yeah, in the not no, his personal home, not Noah's place, not Noah's stuff. Remember, he Noah's keeps special. Noah's stuff on him. Yeah, he says that exactly. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It. It seems like a really stupid plan. If you truly believe that this guy has taken your friend, why would you accost him on his territory, on his turf? Why wouldn't you go, like, as soon as he denies knowing her, Uh go and get the cops. Like, at this point, it's pretty obvious that he's doing something nefarious. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think she's thinking about that. I think she's more concerned for her friend. And she doesn't realize what's about to happen. So he turns around and he's like, well, that was a bad idea. And she ends up getting hit in the back of the head by Anne, Mm -hmm. his wife. And Remember, tried to get her out of the door. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's going to be important because later on he's going to be talking to Anne and they're going to be getting ready for bed. You need to know that these are two different locations. He has a home in the suburbs, and the place where he has the dungeon and his really nice house that he took Noah to is, is in the middle, middle of middle fucking nowhere. nowhere. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and it's this, like, compound that's underground, and yeah, so it's this whole fucking thing. But if he's not there. the OA, think about the OA. <laughs> yes, exactly. But when he's talking to her and they're getting ready for bed or whatever, he's like, good teamwork today. Good teamwork today. And then she says, I'm going to go take a shower. And as we see her get undressed, we see that she has a prosthetic leg that she takes off. And we get that moment, and it's this very sort of, like, intimate thing, and you start to feel for Anne a little bit. And you start to wonder, did she do what Noah is doing right now? And they got married after that, and they had kids, and they've gone this far. Because we find out he tells Noah that he first had human meat when he was like 17 or 18. 19. 19, 19. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was like really young. Mm-hmm. And so theoretically, she could be that first one or one of his first victims. We will get zero confirmation, yeah. zero backstory. They but will can, not tell us anything about their relationship, which is very upsetting. Think about that. But it could very well be that she was just one of his like plastic surgery it could be all kinds of things you don't you will not know the scenario at all you are constantly left to wonder and Mm -hmm. ponder yourself was the prosthetic leg in intentional like he took it off of her and ate it Uh uh-huh or was she just a you know a regular patient to me it is more compelling as two women who were put in the same situation and went in two different, different directions. directions. And Anne, despite the fact that she has some humanity in her, is still a fucking villain. Because of the decisions that she made. Whereas Noah tries to maintain her humanity and she will fake it, but she doesn't let that faking it consume her and become who she actually is. I just don't understand why she would try to save her if she was perfectly happy with what was going on. Yeah. Kind of well, it's, it, it would complicate it to throw somebody else in there. It's not as clean as when they can control the scenario. They can isolate them. They can tell their friends they're going on a yeah. trip or whatever. Understood. 
but she knows that this woman is friends with her. She knows that she's obviously looking into it. She knows that she could go to the cops, and yet she still tries to get her out the door. Right, right, right. But what she does not do is tell her, yes, my husband's a killer. Go to the right. cops. I will testify. She doesn't do any of that. She's yeah. just like, no, this needs to go away yeah. because it's threatening the status quo, exactly. and the status quo is good for me right now. Yeah. And I think realistically, I mean, who knows if she would have pursued it further, but if Molly called his fo- her phone and it didn't ring, she probably would have been, yeah, because like you said, the picture wasn't clear. Uh-huh. She didn't Plausible really- Plausible deniability. She's like, yeah, she's like, she probably would have rationally explained it some other way uh-huh. and tried to go through another avenue or maybe just watch out later. Who knows? Mm. But- I mean, even once, you know, he he kidnaps her and he opens the trunk, his first expression is just, fuck, like another thing to deal with that uh he wasn't prepared for. And so he's going to bring her to the dungeon and not tell Noah about it. Right. So Noah's not going to know until later. Mm Mm-hmm. And that leads into um, Noah initially in one of their conversations that Steve wanted to have with her. She poses the question, well, what does it taste like? Egging him on to kind of just... To have to show to to her. Yeah, Yeah. to have to, you know, maybe in... You know, if she's curious enough, find out, which leads them to have a date of sorts. I, I I will point out here that he has a sort of loneliness to him. Not a sympathetic one, let me be clear. But he does have a loneliness to him. He mentions when he had human meat, and we don't know the exact circumstances, for the first time, he talks about how how isolated he felt and that how fascinated he was when he realized that there has to be other people out there. And he was looking for a connection. And I think that might have been what he found with Anne, but that's getting old, and now he might be finding this with Noah. So he jumps sort of at the chance. He already really likes her enough to want to cook for her mm-hmm. and, like, treat her well despite the scenario he's putting her in. And so when she's asking questions about it, he's like, oh, well, I can, I can show you. Right. I can cook for you. And I think that is compelling. It 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 reinforces that character that Steve is, and it's not contradictory to anything, and I really appreciate that. At the same time, Paul is suddenly wondering where the fuck did Molly go? And he does really, really smart things. First, he opens the link and sees that it shows where she was, and then he takes a screenshot of that, because that's a live location. Later on, when he's going to check, it'll say, I don't know where she is, Mm -hmm. so it's a good thing he had that screenshot. Mm -hmm. And that is of her location at the compound. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which... I guess it had, sir. I guess he was right. It did have service when they got to their house. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which is what he told Noah. Oh, don't worry. There's service at the house. But yes. it'll already be too late for uh-huh. you by then. Yep. <laughs> at one point, though, we do see a couple things that I don't think we've talked about or it's coming up around here. We see that he keeps all this meat in the freezer and he has plenty of meat in the freezer. Yeah. I thought, what happened to always fresh, never frozen? <laughs> yeah. Amanda and I think this scene was added. And was not in he the He uses a chainsaw version. to remove some ribs from a spinal right. column outdoors. Which, that is weird, but that's not as much of the problem. But the problem, as Chris said, why do we need to see all these things on ice when we've already been told, like Chris said, he keeps things fresh? Now, he the line was in the original, and this was kept, when they're eating hope... 
he does say it would have cost more more if she is still alive. Yeah. So the idea is that, yes, some things get left behind, Mm -hmm. but, like, I I don't imagine that he would have a whole walk-in freezer. But there are, like, legs and stuff like that. Those are the easy ones where they should be alive. If I'm not mistaken, there was a whole torso there. And I understand that the person needs to be dead at that point, and Mm -hmm. so you might as well freeze it. But, like... Yeah, there were legs and arms, and it's like, you could take those without killing them. You make the point that you can do well, that. I think it was just to yeah. be scary, and yeah. it didn't work for And the to film. show the expanse of yeah. the, the gruesomeness. Yeah, the yeah. part of my brain was like, once again, yeah, it was just there for effect. And I was like, mm, maybe they haven't, like an eBay seller, maybe he hasn't found someone to take 20-day old body torso meat. Yeah. It's a specific, even more niche market uh-huh. within the already 1% of the 1%. A torso <laughs> whose breasts he hadn't removed <laughs> exactly. yet. Exactly. Like, so yeah, extra I, work, extra prep. You know, it's, it's just a <laughs> and that was a, that was a, like an interstitial sort of filler scene. Like it was totally unnecessary. Yeah. Yes, and and we also see when he's outside with the chainsaw, the the camera pans back and we see this weird sort of like stone frame that has like this Satan goat head insignia. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we see that. And Amanda and I are very sure that that yeah. was not in the original cut yeah. and that they included that. To because make the end make more sense? Yes. <laughs> we, think, we think that people were confused at the end. Uh, like, but I don't know how you could be confused. He He's making lots of boxes. There are lots and he's of shipping customers. It to how yeah. did you get confused about this? But they're this? throwing in this sort of subplot where they don't explicitly say, but it is like the satanic cult that mm-hmm. is eating people. And it's like, I didn't need the satanic thing. I was fine with the rich people who needed something that other people don't yeah, have. Would have been perfectly satisfied yeah. with leaving it. We're all good with 8mm. We don't yeah, need any other totally. explanation. <laughs> oh, I, 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 just a side little comment here. Penny at one point says that I'm not even sure if you're just an imaginary friend that I named, that I made up. You know, the other night I was thinking about how nice it's been to talk to you. But then I was like, what if you're not real? And I'm just going crazy. Like Alyssa. But I, I, I feel like if I had an imaginary friend, I wouldn't name her Noah. It'd be like Sean Connery. <laughs> so they have the date. He cooks her hope. And then this, their second date, he's cooking breast meat. And he already has Molly by now. Mm-hmm. And Molly later on is holding her chest a lot. Yeah. So I think this is Molly. They don't explicitly say that, but he gives her a different name. We should mention they eat hope for the appetizer they oh, eat yes. melissa for the main course yeah melissa is the pate originally hope was what um oh oh first one was it meatballs it was meatballs was, was the first meatballs? one yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and then yeah and then there's the pate mm-hmm. uh which is melissa which mm-hmm. keys her to be like and she's like liver yay, yay. yeah but, al- <laughs> but also Melissa's the one I know. Yeah, that was down, who singing. Was singing. And she's dead crazy. Now. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. But she's also like Melissa. That's such like an ordinary name. Yeah, she's trying. We to had really... hope. Uh, why this? This isn't joy or whatever. Know, like <laughs> they're having fun date jokes, yes. but in the context of cannibalism, which I think is really 
powerful and funny. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's impactful and it's funny and she does a really good job. And just in case you were at all worried that she was actually being real, they make sure to show you that she's throwing it up later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And. I guess that's a good call. I I mean, like, maybe, yeah, maybe it would be a little bit like, is she into it? So I guess that's a good call to do that. Is she just stomaching it? No, she is throwing it up. She is absolutely repulsed by it, which is good because later you can see just how good she is Mm -hmm. at making him think that they're really getting along. Because he buys it 100%. He even says to her when he says goodnight, he says, You know how I knew you were special? Because you're fucked up, too. I wrote, why would you say that? <laughs> you literally just said you had a great date that you thought went well. Why would you end it like Yeah, that? exactly. <laughs> but their second date, they have breast meat. And That's yeah, I think this is think Molly. That is Molly. Yeah. Because I think uh, Kelsey and I both remarked, it's like, oh, this meat might be familiar to you. They never outright, he never outright says yes. who that is. But you do assume once again, when you do finally see Molly mm-hmm. and she is holding her breasts, that it's most likely yeah. Molly. There. But this is where she makes some sort of comment about the women and he decides to show her something new. Mm-hmm. Which is this is this is how I he explains the concept of how he sends along a personal object of theirs and a photo or whatever when he sends the meat out he shows her behind this painting that she mm-hmm. looked at when she first got there mm-hmm. are these little cubby holes full of pictures and personal objects like bras and stuff like that mm-hmm. of all the women and he sees one that's labeled Sammy mm-hmm. Akbari mm-hmm. the one who put the message yeah. in the and he sees. Penny's picture, so he gets to see what Penny looks like. Yeah, Melissa's Melissa's there. And then she sees a stack of phones, Phones. and she sees Molly's phone case. And you can just see the sheer panic in her eyes right there. And that's going to totally shift her mood. But there are things that happen before all that Mm -hmm. that I want to talk about. He forces her to wear a dress, and it's this hideous Hideous dress. dress, Yes, I thought that it was clever because he wouldn't know what her size was, but then, of course, Chris and Amanda reminded me he's a fucking plastic surgeon. He would know about sizes. He needs to know about women's sizes, yes. Yes, and then even regardless of size... Baggy or fitted perfectly, the dress is hideous. (laughs) It is pretty in pink, hideous. Yeah, but I feel like it's the sort of thing that if you're like this sort of maybe slightly hipstery, hippie sort of girl, you might think this is adorable. And it's like, no, it's got this like big pink bow on it. Yeah, that bow tie and the long sleeves. I think it's supposed to be a joke on, like, because earlier they'd said, I think you'd look really good in a dress. Uh And I think it's also supposed to be a joke on, like, what we typically wear on a date. Like, you're supposed to wear the pink dress with a bow. Yeah, 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 exactly. uh And he... But he actually looks really nice, mm-hmm. but that's because he can pick out his own clothes. Of course. So, you know, it's it's also a comment on what men want to see yeah. us in. Again, a joke on what the guy mm-hmm. said earlier. So. I wrote down around here, after I wrote down that she saw Molly's phone, so the date continues, mm-hmm. but I, and I, th- I think it applies to the part before that too, so that's why I'm bringing it up now. Obviously, this is the point. But this dinner date is really fucking cute. It's both the point for Noah trying to fool Steve, Mm -hmm. but it's also the point for the audience to sort of warm up to, oh my God, they're really cute and natural together. So you have that moment of like 
But oh, but they're eating people. Like, right. no, 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 no. It's not okay. Cute isn't good enough. <laughs> this is evil. Yeah, and, and Noah even cracks the joke. She's like, oh. You saved the breast for last. Yes, that was so cute. <laughs> she was like cracking jokes and then she start. well, I'll get into what happens after the joke, Kelsey. Is there more stuff from the date that you want to talk about? Yeah, so she immediately drinks down a ton of wine. I, again, oh, yeah. letting the audience know that she's not okay with this. But Steve thinks it's just like, that she's oh. nervous about her first yeah, time he's eating like, oh, or whatever. Yeah, we're going to have a night, you know. Uh-huh. Let's get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she makes jokes about, like, oh, there's so much garlic in this. Like, that's all I can taste. Uh And she makes jokes about how, oh, this food is so decadent, but it's named Melissa. Like, Mm. what a ridiculous thing. Yeah. And he makes the joke, there's more hope left. And all this stuff. And she's doing a really good job of keeping her composure until after she sees Molly's phone. And and she makes that breast joke, right? And then she she starts to, she breaks. At first, you're thinking, oh, fuck, she was doing so well. She's going to fuck this up. What does she say, though, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. She starts to cry. And yeah, what she, she says to him is... It is really nice. And it's all just so, so confusing. I can't quite process Because I feel awful. I feel awful. Awful. Because I don't. I don't feel awful. But the audience knows. At least I thought it was very clear. That's not what she's crying about. She's crying because she knows that her friend is here and that Uh her friend might be dead. She might be eating her friend right now. She doesn't know. And that's what she's upset about. But she tells him what he wants to hear, which is... So good. I'm upset because I'm eating a person and I don't feel bad about it. And I thought that was excellent. I feel awful because I don't feel awful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What a great line. But it's not true, and that's yeah. my favorite part about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's very no. complex. Yeah, and I think she needed, you know, she knew she was going to break down, but she kind of, in a way, you know, harnessed needed, it. needed, yeah, needed to harness it into something else, and she's like, okay, I can use that. And once again, I think even while we were watching it, it's like, oh, she's crying. It's meant to reassure. He's going to uh-huh. reassure her, make everything okay. Yeah, it's going to kick so, in so his gonna, instinct to take gonna care of her. It's going to draw him in even yeah. further. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to have their next dance scene. And oh God. <laughs> this is the worst one. The music is not well done here. We didn't think it was when we saw it in theaters. Didn't we told them to change it. They did not listen to us. No. <laughs> and, and the way it starts out, it starts out with them side by side facing the camera and doing this sort of rehearsed, oh choreographed shuffle. Yeah. Which the worst part about that is that it took, takes me straight to Ex Machina. Oh, yes, when he does the dance and <gasps> Ex Machina. I see that, yes. Yes. with Oscar Isaac, But he yes. is doing that for an audience that is there. The audience in this scene is just the audience watching the movie. Yes. And that sort of breaks the immersion. It's fourth wall breaking when nothing else in the movie is. Yes. And I wrote down, I get that they're going for like a certain sort of kitschy vibe yeah. here. But 
the dance scene is a little stupid, mm-hmm. at least until it gets to the point where they're actually slow dancing together, even though yes. the music is bad, yeah. for this scene at least. Yeah, the music is not what they're dancing to. It couldn't be more clearly not what they're dancing to. She full on like points at him and is singing along, and I'm like, that is not the song that's playing that uh-huh. you are singing along to. It is so obviously not that song. Yeah. Yep, but they get close and intimate again, and the camera gets close and intimate again, and they end up, he makes a comment about, whoops, I forgot to handcuff you. Oh, she's like, yes. You yes, did. you did. Uh-huh. And but he, she doesn't say it quite as snide, but it's like, yes. oh, <laughs> you're going to regret that decision later, sir. <laughs> and he, he takes her to the bedroom, and they're making out. And she throws him down on the bed, and then she gets down on her knees. And First, like, she goes to the bathroom. She's got to freshen oh, yes. up, uh-huh. which they don't. He doesn't even ask why she's using the bathroom, and uh-huh. I'm like, he's "Come like, on, no, come he, on!" He thinks she wants she, he wants, and she wants to look good for him. He's like, "Oh yeah, freshen uh-huh. up for me, baby." You know, he's already in. He's so egotistical at this point. He's like, "Yeah, I'm turning her around." Go, go freshen up, babe. Come back. (laughs) But when she threw him on the bed at that point, so he's lying on his back facing her. She's not on the bed. Mm -hmm. His legs are hanging off the bed at his knees. Mm -hmm. And my first thought, which I said out loud to you guys, is why on earth would you put any part of your body in her mouth? Because you know where this is going, like, sexually, (laughs) right? Yeah. Why on earth would you do that? And speaking of Audrey Tattoo which we mentioned earlier, she's in a movie called Dirty Pretty Things where she does something very similar. Oh, she does? Yes. And so she comes out of the bathroom. They're still making out. She starts to go down on him and then bites. Bam! She bites I didn't know you could actually bite it off. I mean, I'm sure there were liberties taken. I'm sure if you actually tried, it wouldn't be anywhere near You can create a lot of pressure with your jaw. Uh, Probably. It's a lot of... It's a lot of skin. It's spongy tissue is what it is. I'm a lot of credit. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but like it's on any guy. That's it's, true. There's a lot That's of true. skin there's there. There's a lot there, yeah. Can, can, I guess a human mouth can break through skin. Yeah. But usually it's because there's also bones there. And if you feel, yeah, but there's no bone here. It's just spongy tissue, yep. some vessels, and when a dude gets hard, it's just right engorged with blood. The, yep. That's all that's there. Yeah. And so- she just bites through it, and she comes up, and her mouth is just covered in blood. And he's like, "Oh, you bitch!" And this is when she the smears, end of the movie happens. The taste in his, in his eyes. eyes. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. And she is able to steal his phone and keys, go and rescue both Penny and Molly. Yep. And uh, Molly and and Noah get underneath Penny to carry her because she's she only, only got has one, leg. one leg. Yeah. Again, this feels very much like Ex Machina, but unlike Ex Machina, I felt like, you know, these girls are working together and yeah. that it's very important to them that they all escape. It was a different vibe in Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah this felt very much like female empowerment yes. and getting back at all those assholes. And it's going to contrast later when Anne shows back up ah! of, like, of like the different roles that women play in supporting other women. Yes, and that is the point they're going to make when they kill her. You, they say it out loud. It's bitches like it's you bitches are the like problem. It's bitches like you, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I ask you for help. <laughs> bitches like you are the fucking problem. <laughs> I understand that that's the point they're going for. It's a little too it on the nose. Yeah. make sense. <laughs> well, okay, so... 
they're going to run away. Long story short, they end up getting outside and he's chasing after them and he has a gun and they're going to hide behind trees and they, they're going to velociraptor him. And Paul's going to show up. Yes. So Paul's following the screenshot. So it's not live. So he can't really zoom in. He doesn't know if he's in the right place, but he shows up at this really fucking creepy thing that's like built. It's like a front door, but it's hidden by all this forest and it goes underground. And he's like, this is really creepy. Yeah. And then he hears the gunshot from far away on the compound. And he's like, no, fuck this. And he just bounces and he goes back in his car. Now, you guys had a negative response to this, and I didn't as much. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned that they might have added a line here where he says something to the effect of it's in scenarios like this where guys like me get yeah, killed. Yeah, he's like, you know you don't make it out of this yes. alive. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. We've seen this movie, man. We don't make it out of this bitch alive. You notice. So I appreciated that line being added in there because yeah. when we first saw it, as far as I remember, he yeah. showed up, got out of the car, heard the gunshot, was like, fuck that, and left. Drove and then away. you just didn't see him anymore. And, and I was I like... I just thought that was so pointless because it was clear he drove a really significant yeah. distance. Yeah, when he first looked at it, he's like, oh, there. god damn it, that's far away. Is this an homage to The Shining and, and like and saying that instead oh, of him where he coming dies in right and getting away. killed, yeah. he left Maybe. instead Like, of is it? that what's going but on But I think here? you add on top of that that he doesn't know that he's even in the right place and now there's an immediate danger and still no confirmation that he's in the right place. I the, What I brought up is when we're in the house alone, Kelsey and I, and it's late at night and we're in bed and she hears something. I, no problem, no question. I get up and I check it out. But every single time, and I wonder if guys out there can relate to this, every single time what's going through my mind is, this might be how I die. <laughs> every single time. And that's going through his mind too. And then he hears the gun. I don't even know if I'm in the right place. I am ill-equipped to handle somebody with a gun. I will die this way. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, and also to point on that, like, Kelsey and Chris, you guys are married in a loving relationship. Paul, like, it's made clear. Molly is like an ex that yes. he hasn't spoken to in a while. Noah's just the friend of Molly. You don't know how close they even were. Yeah, uh -huh. He has no, like, significant real attachment to these two women to even further motivate him. Do you want him to be, like, the heroic figure, good guy, just go out of his way and risk his life to save them? Sure. Well, but... <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think, I think what the movie needs to say is that these women are not going to be saved by a man. Right. And I think right. that that's really important. And in order to do that, Paul needs to leave. Yeah. And I would be upset if the message that came across, I think, personally, would be like, oh, cowardly men can't stick up for women. And that's not what the movie's trying to say. The movie's trying to say they don't need him, mm -hmm. right? And so they need to give him a reasonable excuse to leave. And I think with that extra line, it really exemplifies exactly that. A reasonable excuse for him to get out of it. Get out! And allow them to save themselves. Mm -hmm. The women working together to support each other and taking care of the abusive men and the undermining other women. And I think it really hits the um, nail um, on the head because throughout the conversations that Noah had with Penny, she goes into this whole like monologue on she's like, I wish there was a tapeworm that would just 
eat him miserably from the inside out. Like I want him to suffer uh-huh. like so much, and like I, like I want to kill him. And so to finally get his comeuppance and to know that Penny played a hand in that was really yeah. There is, he does have a really good line when he's chasing them and he's half blind and he's crippled between the legs <laughs> and he has a gun. He shouts at her, you lied to me. Oh, he was so upset. Which is such a good line. It's That's very, what he's upset about. It's a very yeah. typical male uh-huh. thing. Not that you chewed off my dick. Yeah. No, you lied to me. <laughs> so they do velociraptor him and get him from both sides mm-hmm. and... They beat the shit out of him, and every time they kick him, there's, like, this sort of overexposed light flash every time they hit him, and it reminded me of something. I I don't think it's Rear Window when he flashes the light in his eyes. There's something specifically where when somebody gets hit, every time they get struck, there's, like, a flash of light. I don't know if that's maybe a Tarantino thing in some movie, but it feels like that. It felt evocative of something else. I did not recognize it. But I, I was like, that man, that's from something. So if you know what I'm talking about, please do share it with us on Twitter or email us. So she shows up with her henchman, shall yes. we say? Um, because we see she, him load the uh, uh, a van with the boxes right. that Steve makes. It's clear that she's concerned because once she finds his cell phone in that box, she's been calling him yeah. several times and, and he, he hasn't, hasn't been, been picking yeah, up. Uh-huh. So she goes out to find him, and she finds already his dead, mutilated corpse. Uh And she says very candidly to her henchmen, we need to put his body on ice. Just just like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, matter-of-factly, regardless if he was her husband or not, it's like, we need to use him. We had a conversation about this after the movie. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. What is is Anne's character, Mm -hmm. right? Like, is she just an immediate... Damage control mode. We're, if we don't have my husband, we can't cut up more women. We have his meat right there. We need to use it. Mm-hmm. We're going to run out soon. Like, just damage control. Yeah. Immediately problem solving. Yeah. And I think, um, so she says that to, to the henchman, but she, then, I forget the specifics, but she somehow stumbles upon, oh no, Noah she pretends to be, phone. she forgets to be. Uh, a pretends to be a victim, right? Yeah. Noah like, says, oh, fuck, I forgot my phone. Right, and They're she goes trying to break to into like it. a barn or something like yeah. that. She goes back to get it and she runs into Anne. Yeah, and she's like, oh my God, you you saved me. You you did it. We're free now. She goes on this whole little spiel. Mm-hmm. But then I... Well, she attacks. She attacks exactly. Because uh-huh. Noah is like, yeah. what? Who are you? What? Yeah. And then she yeah. attacks her. It's made very clear. Whereas Molly might have had a run in with her. Noah doesn't know who the hell this person is. Yes. So while she's attacking her, I think Noah still had a knife still no, she on has, her. No, she has Steve's keys she has that Steve's she took keys. from him. And she was like puncturing Remember her. when we said it's going to come yeah. back? She yeah. shoves, shoves it into her, her neck. Into her yes, neck. into her neck. And she, but that doesn't really kill her right away. She's walking away and I think that's when Molly comes in and you were even saying when um, Noah was walking away to go get her phone and and Molly was like you better come back and there was a shovel perfectly uh-huh. cued right next to her <laughs> so Mo- grab Mo- the shovel grab, so the shovel. grab the shovel <laughs> grab the shovel so Molly did indeed grab said shovel and freaking hit Anne over yep. the head with it bitches she, like you are like, the fucking like problem you are the fucking problem and then that's when Noah was like who, who is she <laughs> yeah, so they're sitting down at this tree. Penny is still alive, but 
uh, Molly had to leave her, but they're mm-hmm. so they're sitting exhausted because they just killed Anne. The henchman never gets a comeuppance. He's inside. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know what's going yeah. on outside. We don't see him again. And Noah asks, yeah, who the fuck was that? And Molly says, that was Steve's wife. And Noah's response is, he was married? <laughs> what? He's married? And she's kind of like crying a little bit, like on top of it all. Who the hell is that? Steve's wife. What? He's married? You don't know if it's supposed to be that she's upset that he lied about being married uh-huh. or if it's like, the how psychopath this got married. married? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of both yeah. because the movie is working with that metaphor of the horror versus the horror of dating in the modern society, yes. you know, yeah. being able to trust other people. And so that was really good. They get out fine and the movie almost ends. It goes to credits on a shot of... Her Noah's phone. phone. Of her phone. That maybe Chad. Maybe Chad. You know how your phone does that if, it, yeah. if it's just a number, but, but it, it finds it Chad in a conversation yeah. somewhere. Maybe Chad that says what? You up? Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember Chad was the guy she dated at the yeah. very beginning? So of the it, they, yeah, it ended so horribly, but yet at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I want that booty call. Oh, but I'm funny on the booty call point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the movie's not over with yet. We go to credits, and then we get this this shot oh, of a pile of meat laid out like like uh, like shabu shabu style, like thinly sliced meat on a plate, raw. And then it's in the middle of a table, and it's bleeding across the table. The blood is spreading, and then we see all these these people that we've seen interstitially throughout the movie. As customers of his, but they're all sitting at the same table. The camera pans up and then they're inside one of the shipping boxes and then the box closes. It's like this weird visual metaphor that was so unnecessary. And you got that random goat looking head again over the to credits. try to attempt to tie it all in. Yeah, together. like I did not need a Satanist connection. Yeah. The rampant consumerism and, you know, rich people being evil. And like I did, I, that was enough for that me. That was very clear, made uh-huh. very clear. They did not need to go into the, oh, there's this secret organization uh-huh. that's so cult-like. Well, yeah, completely unnecessary. I dare say just stop the movie as soon as you get to the credits, uh-huh. just so you don't have to bother with that scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah, again, 8mm already did this. <laughs> I mean, fucking, they don't need to explain it. What's it called? The show about the the game? Squid Game? Squid Game. Squid Games. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it. We all accept that the rich are assholes. You don't need yeah. to go any further they, than we, that. They don't need to be part of some demonic cult that, get their, <laughs> exactly. that, that believe they get their power from, from watching these people die. No, yeah, we don't need that. So, that's the end of the movie. Anything else to say? Any notes we missed? Any overall comments about the movie? Just to tie back to the initial delicatessen where he says, I'm going to pick you up at seven. Steve does the same thing uh-huh. to Noah. He's, you know, you know, they're one of their first or second days. He's like, I'll pick you up at seven. He's trying to be, you know, his charming, sweet self. And just Noah candidly responds, I have, I have no idea what time it is. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> or what day yeah. it is, even. <laughs> yeah. like, she has no concept of uh-huh. time. But yeah, that, that ties in once again to the whole 7 p.m. It's a thin thread. Yeah. But it is still there, there are a remarkable <laughs> number of connections between. 
these two movies. And I know some of them are just happenstance, Mm -hmm. but good job picking the movies, Kelsey. I will say this movie likewise sort of falls apart towards the end where it just becomes the action of we don't know how to resolve this without a big tense action scene and still make it interesting. But it loses all of its charm at that point in order to wrap things up. And I think that's kind of a downside. I said the same thing about Delicatessen. Yeah, there are a remarkable number of similarities between these two movies. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very funny it and, and oh, very yeah. creepy and mm-hmm. good. I thought it was good. Yeah. There's a lot of, once again, women biting flesh again. Yeah, she they bites his hand yeah. that's holding a knife yeah. at yeah. one point, just like in Delicatessen. Yeah, while they were, ha- <laughs> while they were fighting in uh-huh. the kitchen, I even think, I-, I can't remember if Molly or Penny took a bite at him, but I wouldn't have been surprised if they tried Yeah, I think Penny might, either. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there was a lot of that going on as well. And like you said in the very beginning when we talked about Delicatessen, just, it's different sounds, but music definitely played a factor. Yes, it's both. a different type. Like, it's Delicatessen a, was the musicality of like real life. classical yeah, a little uh-huh. bit. And this one was more synth pop, yeah. upbeat. Which I'm all for. Yes. Love my synth pop. <laughs> you are an obsession. <laughs> and you my obsession. obsession. Yeah, no, it's really What cute. do you need me to do to get to sleep with you? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to be yeah. to make you sleep with me? Yeah. I think yes. is what it is. And yeah. then at the very end, and I, I could care less if it was in the trailer or not, but like off with your head, dance, dance till you're trailer. dead. Yeah, I loved that ending song. Heads uh-huh. will roll, Heads by the will yeah, roll. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? It does have a Rotten Tomatoes score, and again, this is the percentage of critics that said they liked the movie. Okay, I say this movie got like an eighty-two. Kels, I will say an eighty-three. Got an 80. Oh. As gripping as it is upsetting, Fresh makes a provocative meal out of the horror of modern dating. It has a 67 Metacritic, which is very close to what Delicatessen had. It had a 66. Do you think this is overrated or underrated? For me, once again, keep in mind, even though it is on its own, a great film, I'm extremely biased towards Sebastian Stan. I gave it... I think a good like 89, 90. So for me, that would be an underrated score for sure. (laughs) Okay, Kelsey? I'm also going to say it's underrated. I'm going to give it an 87. I thought it was very good. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, like for different reasons, they have different styles, but I was going to give it also an 87, which is what I gave Delicatessen. It is very, very good. I enjoyed myself Thoroughly, Amanda and Kelsey were absolutely right. I was totally into this movie, but it is not perfect. There are things that feel out of place or that it gets wrong. Like we said, sometimes the editing is off. Sometimes the camera gets a little bit too intimate or a little bit too artsy up its own ass. That ending is a little messy and doesn't really reinforce the things that are that are happening throughout the rest of the movie. So it's not perfect. Oh, there's that fourth wall breaking scene. So I can't give it like in the 90s, but high 80s for sure. I really, really liked this movie. So good, good choice. I'm glad you found this, Amanda, and that you took Kelsey. I'm glad that I finally got to watch it. Yeah, literally, Kelsey was like, my God, how long do I have to wait in order to to talk to Chris about this movie? (laughs) The answer, a long time. (laughs) All right, so that is our cannibalism week. 
on Pod Cemetery with 1991's Delicatessen and 2022's Fresh. Go watch both of them. What are we watching next week, Kelsey? Next week is St. Patrick's Day. So because of that, we're going to continue with the Leprechaun series. Yeah, we're going to keep going with Leprechaun until we run out of Leprechaun movies. What on earth are you going to have to pair with this, though? We're running out of these sort of weird seasonal movies like Easter and St. Patrick's Day. So what are we going to pair it with? Well, before I say what we're pairing it with, Uh do you know which one Leprechaun 4 is? Is this in the hood? No. What is it? He in goes space? to space before yeah, he goes space. to the hood. Yeah, uh-huh. Excuse me? It's Leprechaun 4 in space. Can't can't say I'm familiar with the Leprechaun series, but that's probably for my own oh, sanity. Oh, they're terrible. Okay, yeah. okay uh-huh. I figured as much. Like, even, the first, even one, the first is terrible. one is fucking terrible. It's terrible, but at least it's a little fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, the Leprechaun series is not good, and it precipitously drops from two to three as well. Two is just one again, kind of. Three is just, it's a nonsense movie. And then for space, because yeah. that'll make it better. It took 10 <laughs> movies for Jason to get to space. Uh, no. Yeah. Jason went to space? Jason, oh, Jason X. X. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jason 10 in space. Oh, oh my yep. God. Yeah. That's really, that's how you know the franchise has truly lost it. It's, it's like, it's, it's like space. It's the future, and they're running tests in space. It's and so, so they have Jason's <laughs> body that they're, yeah, it's. Oh, God. It's ridiculous. It's so dumb. He gets a super shredder mask. Anyway. That's what we're watching. We're watching Leprechaun for in yes. space. And um, we're going to pair it with a movie that we never saw. We were supposed to watch it with Bob. Oh, oh, yeah. Good point. Boys from County Hell or something like that. Boys from County Hell. Yeah, that's the one that Bob originally wanted us to watch and that I fucked up. So we're finally going to watch that one. And that, that's just an Irish Irish vampire. vampire comedy, yes. So, looking so forward to that. So, leprechauns and vampires. Uh-huh. But Next both week. Irish. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Listen, I mentioned, <laughs> we're really stretching it here because, you know, there aren't a lot of seasonal horror movies. You think there are. There are a ton. But we need to run a show for four or five years. Like, you run out of them. <laughs> All right, that is next week. We have Leprechaun in Space and Boys from County Hell. So stick around uh, for that next week. Until then, you can always find us at our website, Pod Cemetery, and on Twitter at Pod Cemetery. Don't forget to subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review. A five star written review is the biggest help you can give us there. Even bigger than that, though, is sharing us with your friends. And even bigger than that, It's just listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And I've been Amanda. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Amanda. Oh. Any last words? It's going to take a little time, but eventually you're going to learn to accept that things don't always turn out the way you thought they would.
what's his name again? Louis. Louis Mr. Louison. 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 <laughs> Any splendid thing. Is that a is that a is that a quote somewhere? Love is love is in that Moulin Rouge. It's in that All you need is love. <laughs> well, that's the Beatles. <laughs> I know, but he's they keep yeah. talking about love cliches and but yeah, love is a many sp- love, love is a many splendid thing. Okay. Huh? I got it. Oh. Here. So and then so they blah, 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 blur words. Oh my god. Oh cutie pie. She's like, but mama, you were loving me. And now you're not loving me. And he she he the reason I knew you were special is because you're fucked up too. It feels awful because she doesn't feel awful about yeah. eating the food. Your niece said fuck you. Yeah, four-year-olds are crazy. <laughs> <laughs>